2: fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being with us here on episode number 139 it is monday july the 22nd 2019 and we are ready to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe murata alongside michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy now quinn it is the end of the season next yeah. week is 140 but this is episode number 139 michael
1: 139
2: Thank you very much for bringing that one back. And folks, thank you for bringing it back here to OVP. Hope you're starting your week off right here as we romp you through that world of retro wrestling. We have some cool topics in store for you. As I mentioned, we're winding the season down. So we're going to be finalizing the Royal Rankings a little bit later on. Very final. Very, it's final. It's official after that. It'll be the done. Final Royal. That's it. The final Royal. And, and the uh, last czar. Before we get to any Kaisers of any yeah. kind, I just want to remind you A lot guys, of roles. Eh? A lot of roles. Uh, that you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast can also email us, if you'd like, at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is... Oh! vppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really cool interactive place to talk to me and you and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics. Where may that be? Oh, yeah. Facebook.com slash King Koopa. <laughs> it's a good site. It's got kings of
1: Koopas and czars of Koopas and princes of Koopas. It's got, it's got it all, got really. It's got all your Koopa needs are all covered. your Koopas, your kings, uh, your goombas, even. But there ain't no king, queen no more. So no No sapphire and dusty over there. No, unfortunately But you could not. talk about it. You could interject them into that discussion.
2: That's what we call a segue. Very yeah, nicely very, done. Quinn. Very seggy and very <laughs> way. Yep. And over on that group, when what do they have to do to be involved in this
1: party here? Well, they go to the throne room at facebook.com. Right. There's a search bar in said throne room. They type, our vantage point retro wrestling podcast. Bing bang boom, crowns go down and games of thrones are played. Yeah, games of thrones. And then you're in.
2: You're in the group. That's it. That's all you have to do is join the group and you can talk about Koopa all you want, but you can also talk about all sorts of retro wrestling crap. We're happy to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're happy to have you. Whether you've been a fan for a really, you know, we have people that have been fans since the 70s there. We have people that maybe just started watching in the 2000s. Whether you've only liked one promotion or you like everything, mm-hmm. talk about it. Talk about it with us. Yeah. Nothing is off limits.
1: Just I mean, you can even talk about Farmer Burns if you want to go back that far. You, We're really retro. Yeah. You can talk about
2: Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln, the first <laughs> WF champion. That's right. Um, over 50 years, they started. Yeah, over 150 years. Uh, So please go to the group, and we try to make it a very fun environment, meaning... We don't want to tear each other down for our opinions. Everyone's got an opinion, okay? And you know what those are like. They're like buttholes. Is that what they say? No. Have as much fun as you want, really. Talk about anything retro, wrestling-related, maybe a little current every now and then as well. Mm -hmm. Now, later on in the show, we're going to talk about our Patreon, but before we even get to that, I want to remind you guys, with the season winding down, we need your input for two segments for next season. We got two new segments for you. You're the producer, folks. That's right. So, here's how you do this. This is what we got going on. To open up... Next season, which is going to be episode number 141, Quinn and I are going to talk about anything you guys want. But what you need to do is email us what you want it to be to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we're using the email this time, We're eh? using the email. We're going to spin the wheel every single episode of next season. And literally anything you guys want, we are going to talk about. So send us an email, and we will be happy to enter your name in the drawing. The one catches one submission per person. Right. So you can't flood the inbox here. So make your choice count. Do that. And there's more information on the Facebook group. We have an announcement post for that. Also on the Facebook group is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush of finishers in wrestling. Ah, need- is that what Lord Alfred's decided? That's what he's decided. Wow. We need your top 10 and your bottom 10 for that. You can list that right there on the announcement post on our Facebook group because that'll be the topic of next season's Royal Flush and Royal Rankings it's- finishers in it's wrestling pretty good that i'm not allowed to pick it's good that i'm not allowed to pick too Glenn, yeah I, I i could uh put some really snazzy finishers I, in there you know i'm sure you could uh folks we've been taking your snazzy questions all season long here as we uh have kind of posed a hypothetical for you guys say to ask us should they have done something it could be something they didn't do that you're wondering should they have or it could be something that did happen and you're wondering hey should this have really happened so we've got a question here, Quinn, from none other than Richard Land. Whoa, really? Yes, Richard Land. He rarely gets on this thing. I know. He never has before here. And his question, Crikey, is should Vince McMahon have become a television character earlier as opposed to just being an announcer?
0: I've got an insatiable appetite for life, and I want more! More! More!
1: Hmm. That's a good question, it actually. That is a good question, actually, because, you know, you had on the take Tony for so damn long. As an authority figure, right? I mean... Remember when Tunney was having that, like, he was just being annoying in, like, 91?
2: You mean his whole career he
1: was just yeah, being annoying? Yeah, but he got, like, especially
2: irritating in, like, 91 <laughs> and 92. Right, right, like, Vince was like,
1: you're out of here! <laughs> like, and, and, like, that's the only place I could see it. Right?
2: 91, really? Well, I'm thinking, yeah, alright let's 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 talk about the basis of this. I'm saying no. I think it was good the way they did it. What's your actual full answer um, on this? You know, I could go either way with this. Really? Because I, I think Vince is
1: such a natural character that he, he could have probably inserted himself at any point. Who the? do you think you are would the effect be as big as it no, was no if he did it earlier maybe not so that let's okay. get some background on vince mcmahon yeah who so who
2: is vince mcmahon who is vince mcmahon actually well he was the owner of the world wrestling federation starting in 1982 but for about 10 years prior to that mm-hmm, he was an announcer
0: tanaka in control once again again slings the end and in the ropes coming up one two three it's over
2: he kept being an announcer all the way up until 1997, and nobody really. Uh, I want to say this very specifically.
1: Like when I was a kid, like I wasn't that aware that like sometimes well, yeah, some people I mean, would be like, "Oh, Vince McMahon owns it," and I'd be like, "Okay," and then I'd forget five minutes yeah. later. Like they didn't really like say that.
2: Well, because you're so wrapped up in the kayfabe when you're a kid that you're not really preoccupied with anything else. And yeah, he-
1: and I think I didn't understand the implications of him being an owner as a kid either like i didn't understand like when people would be like oh you know he owns it and i was like okay whatever yeah what does that mean what does that matter
2: who gives a shit so obviously it was like a thinly kept secret you know for normal adults anyway they all knew that he was the owner that was acknowledged in the 80s obviously
0: behind all this from a man who calls virtually all the shots in pro wrestling today has an office here in greenwich connecticut his name is vincent k mcmahon
2: But Vince, the character, you know, there would be subtle, slight allusions every now and then, like very subtle allusions in the 90s and stuff like that. But nothing really until 1996 is when it started. It was like a year in the making, really, him him becoming more and more on screen as the owner until by 97, they're just flat out saying it. I feel like in a weird
1: way, when Gorilla became the president, right? 95. 95 95-ish, right? And they started playing around with this idea of this, like, He's the fan favorite president, but at the same time, Gorilla would make weird decisions. Like, I'm going to put all the champions against each other. and
2: <laughs> We're going to do a wild card match in yeah, Survivor wild Series. Wild card, all that Stuff shit. Stuff like that, yeah.
1: To me, that was like them playing with the whole concept of what if the president is a little more active like he oh yeah he, like he's like involved in the day-to-day like operation
2: a far more active president right, exactly and with Vince, you know what was weird is while monsoon and this is starting around 96 late 96 and throughout ninety seven while monsoon would still be acknowledged as the president, a lot of wrestlers would start directing their complaints towards Vince McMahon. Right. And they would actually like, point at the booth and be right. like, this is your fault Correct. that
1: this is happening. Like, wh- I should get a title shot, Vince McMahon. Right. Like, and and you'd be like, why are they talking to him? Like, right. I, I, yeah. that, As a kid, literally, yeah, literally, I was like,
2: why are they asking him? Right. Like, he's not in charge He's just the Dick. announcer. Like, yeah. Now, that's all well and good, and the way they did it is great, because by the time the Survivor Series screw job happened in Montreal... Right that was it after that he was always Vince McMahon the owner and then the evil owner and so on and so forth can I
1: say something about that yeah they could have not even like the next day like never just been like whatever right because in that very specific case it's like supposed to be real at least the way they treated it so if they just for like one night he's like this is your fault Vince and fuck you and like spit in his face and all this and then you never see Bret Hart again and they just never brought it up
2: would any like I Who think they a were shit. right. No, yep. I think that was Vince Russo's decision to capitalize on it. I'm just, saying, I'm just it.
1: saying in from a story perspective, it, it wouldn't have broken anything. Because no. it was like the
2: rare moment when it was like acknowledged that this was a real life screw job. But it allowed people to uh, have a lot of heat on Vince, and it allowed the Austin storyline to flow smoothly. So that's how it went down. Right. As far as should he have done it earlier, I don't know because here's the other thing you have to keep in mind, Quinn. Who would have done all the announcing? I mean, owners in the past had done announcing.
1: And acknowledge that they were owners. Fair,
2: but if we're talking an on-screen character, aside from his announcer character, Mm -hmm. you would have to imagine it would be a heel, no? Well, here's the thing
1: that I see how it would play out. Yeah. Say Vince decided to jump in in 91 and all that tiny shit. Wow, okay. Uh, Not late 91 or into 92. And what would happen? What like, would he be? He, he would, he would um, play an active role in the whole flair business and all that. Like with okay. like the whole, like, him getting the title rumble. And,
2: like, he did get just, hit with a chair during that feud. Yeah. He
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's real. Vince plays a more active role there, right? And right. And they, they kind of acknowledge him as the owner, blah, blah, blah. Get him out of
0: there! I got I'm going to get of here!
1: Back then, the storylines were a little... Sh- like, they would go longer, but they would just end. So what I'm wondering is, like... If he did it back then, wouldn't he probably just do it for like six months and then like all of a sudden there'd be some other president? I guess. Without
2: any explanation at all. But as far as being a television character that's separate from his announcing character, what would he have? I don't understand the appeal in like 91. You know what I'm saying? I do. Why?
1: because everything was getting hot and heavy and everyone was bitching to the, the owners and stuff. Like to, they, Tunny. to Tunny. To Tunney, and they were like, oh I deserve the WF title. Like Undertaker and like all these chairs and Ric Flair. <laughs> all these chairs. And then fucking Sid with the papers yeah, and, and Piper and, and, and Savage Randy are there. Yeah. Savage. And Hogan, everyone, yes! Yes! Yeah, that Hogan whole. just keeps getting a free fucking ride and a <laughs> right. free lunch and all this shit. And, and dinner too. And McDonald's and he just gets everything, right? Yeah. You could set this up perfectly where they're like, oh look at that McMahon." He keep siding with hulk hogan so Just he'd like be a face so you'd be a face well maybe you could play it both ways it's like hogan can still be thumbs up hogan I'm but meanwhile vince is like pulling yeah. strings or whatever yeah. and so there's this I'm weird like it. dichotomy to the story and it'd be interesting there's somewhat of a dichotomy but i don't think that that's good you don't think it's good? I, I'm not. not well, mean, how would you not play be, it out? I if wouldn't. You did, if you Not even that time. like What would another insertion point be for Vince here? I don't but, think
2: you should have. Seriously, serious. Oh, not at all. I think the way they let it unravel starting in 96, it was like a year it took. Yeah. I think that was just perfect, honestly.
1: Well, it was perfect, but I'm, I'm saying the, the question here is should they have done it earlier? No. I feel like being generous here, what if they did it a little later?
2: What about that? I don't think you have that much of a window to be able to do too much okay. later, right? I okay. mean, maybe like six months later than they And did. we're assuming the screwdriver. just happens as it happens. As it happens. He's still, that Austin feud, they would have been, it would have been crappy if they did it later. Yeah, that would have been pretty stinky. It, that was we, we, They did it in like 99 or something. That would have been horrible, right? Because yeah. that was the impetus for their 98 being as right. good as it was. I also do want to make mention, though, that Vince clearly had the chops to do it. Because if you've ever seen, and I'll cut some in here in a little bit any of his 93-heel Memphis work when he was feuding with King?
0: You don't know what this is? Why, the last time you saw this belt, it was around the waist of the, uh, of your King. It was around the waist of Jerry Lawler. But it's no longer around the waist of Jerry Lawler. Get a good look at it.
2: That's the other thing. That's the time where they maybe should have done it, actually, is they car- they never carried that feud over to WF. Oh, that you want to see them carried over. Right, Paul? Oh, and him and King,
1: they, and yes. King and Vince are arguing Correct. on commentary. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, that would have been really good. And that would have been the only time I
2: can think of, maybe, is to... But to- what does that have to do with the overall wrestling part of it? Like, the scene, like, who is he fucking with? Well, I don't know, maybe King's fucking with him and he's a face, but mm-hmm. in Memphis cuz in
1: Memphis it's the opposite way. So do you think it's more of a low-key thing? It's like it's King and Vince arguing on commentary about like Things like, why'd you make that decision? Why'd you yeah, make that right. match, Yeah, peel McMahon? it back more. Yeah,
2: like, and maybe Vince actually does interviews about it and promos about so it.
1: Why didn't you just give that world title shot to Lex Luger at WrestleMania 10? Why, right. why are you giving it
2: to stupid Bret Hart? Or, like that and, maybe, kind of thing. and maybe Vince is even in Bret's corner for their feud. Yeah. To, to make him more on screen. Right, right. That's the only time I can think of, but it's not a bad question, Richie. I mean, no offense, Richie. I just don't know. No, I think it was perfect. Well, I, I am with the, I'm actually with I, I think it'd
1: be interesting if they did it in a 91 or a 94 or something like that's that fine. Uh, yeah I, I think it would be but
2: you disagree i disagree because i just think it went really well but and that's fine i mean some we gotta have some disagreement on these right i but, mean especially last week with the right. whole mark marowamette johnson thing that well was, excuse me yeah. I, I still don't <laughs> folks <so> dumb <laughs> let us know what you think of the vince question here but we got another one quinn bonus and what? i still Could don't it? know how to pronounce his name it's either don no Who not Parf. Oh, okay it's either don depanet Depinet, or I didn't don't... he write in before and you couldn't pronounce his name? Yes, and he still didn't tell me how to do it, but his question, this is right up your alley here, Quinn. Christy alley, I mean. <sighs> Bowling alley. Should they have disbanded the NWO? Oh, the New World Odor, huh? After Starcade 1997, mm. when Hogan lost the WCW title, Quinn, your answer. Okay. With a lot of <laughs>
1: reflection... And listen, this has nothing to do with the Starcade 97. Like, this Chuck is the, Mess's favorite. This is the post. We're not talking right. about Starcade. We're not talking about that horribly like, that botched Starcade main that event, was, right, Quinn? Right. That finished, right? It's done. It's this right a- now a- after. Now we're talking after Starcade. We're talking after, right? Right. Yes. They should have disbanded the new World I agree. Lottery. Now, that's not to say that they weren't kind of doing it anyway. Um, with the whole red and black and all that shit and like remember they were having like that's, who should be the leader that's and fair, all that Quinn. crap like, by
2: 98 around the spring of 98 the yeah. dissension set in and then they had the wolf pack and the regular pack
1: but they also had that pre-storyline to it where like randy savage was like gonna take I a commander like you, Hulk Hogan, yeah, where always. he's like i'm gonna be the new leader <laughs> yeah, of new always. world Order. Fuck like you Hulk Hogan yeah th- there's all that <laughs> why they, is that they, always there f- but here's the thing is they did have like some weird pre before they figured out like let's make a brand out of both of them right they had like a, a pre like battle for like how about we just have a new leader i instead. know i remember like,
2: that in the spring of 98 i say yes along with you quinn because it, hindsight being what it is And I know they were able to get some good merch and some good marketing out of the Wolfpack. But the NWO angle at that point had been going on for so long. Right, so I think that's where and you. It's
1: it been going on for like the long time, but the perfect time to end it all at the same time. It's it's like correct. Mid, like a year and a half. It's like a perfect. It's Windows. a little
2: long, even. But I yeah, don't even think that's long. I think that's a long arc. Name another arc that that's well, for long. Some, to it, me,
1: for to something that that's epic. Yeah, like this whole like fifty percent of the company versus the other fifty percent. To yeah. me, it should go on for
2: like a long time. You it, know, like went, fine. Yeah. So whether or not it was too long, which is what I think, or long enough, I think that's the time to end it. Right, right, yeah. because. If they had done it right, especially, but nevertheless, Sting won, right? So instead of doing like that fucking thunder that we or that a uh, fucking main event we had a review, where they're, they're judges chambers and dragging <laughs> it on, it should have just been like Hogan's like fuck, and maybe the maybe they boot him out. There's infighting, and then there's still the outsiders doing maybe something. Maybe pre-set it up in that starcade where the, like, if Hogan loses, he's out of WCW. Yeah, like yeah, like, and
1: then have him take a break, come back, come back as red and yellow. because everyone seemed to fucking love that in 1999. Remember when he came back as red and yellow, everyone was like, Yay! yeah, know. Like, we love
2: this. And I would have loved to see that earlier. Honestly, yeah. the only thing that is interesting is what does that do in terms of like, what do you do with Nash? What do you do with Hall and all these other NWO guys? Well, not I, Scott Norton. I'm not worried about him. But, I
1: think, first of all, the first thing you do is you feud Hall and Nash right away. Right. I mean, with I'm, each other, with each other, okay. like, because they came in together. So now that there's no yet. NWO, they're broken up because they're like, we fought for all this. What was it all worth? It's like, like, and they start blaming each other for it.
2: And then you could do the Hogan and Nash feud, which is the direction that they had been heading anyway. You could still do that, right? Savage didn't matter because he's a wild card.
1: Maybe there's some loyalists with Hogan. Not, Not a lot, just like one or two people. Right. You know, maybe... Or, or maybe he teams up with Big Stinky Giant to fight like some <laughs> other people in the NWO who still don't like him, like Randy Savage. Right.
2: And meanwhile, Sting, if they, again, properly did this and he was still the world champion and no judges were involved, no Wapner. Judge, Judge Wapner you know, and all that. 15 minutes injections. till him. Maybe Sting gets to have this nice slew of challengers, former NWO members, right. Bret Hart yeah. You know all sorts of people. Maybe an actual good rain yeah. could have happened because yeah, the NWO not sucking up all
1: the oxygen. The, the problem with stings
2: that rain or whatever it was wasn't?
1: that like they were like, oh well, we need the NWO to have the belt. Like yeah, so what, what else are we going to do? And then Hogan like,
2: just has it again until like the summer, and then Luger and then it's and all that. back to Hogan again. Yeah. Hogan wouldn't let go. <laughs> I know that's the thing. So what do you even let go of the NWO? I don't know. Maybe if no, it meant being I think, a face of I being think, champion, yeah, that's exactly what he would just.
1: He would. You know what the sad part is? You know what would fucking happen? The NWO would disband, and he would just somehow be the champion. he yeah, so, like, he just leg drop, fucking sting in the red and yellow, and take I, the belt I, off I, yeah, him. I don't like you, big stinky sting. Like, like it's ninety five yeah, all over like, again yeah, when like, they were feuding, right? Just
2: reset like, everything.
1: You're mean now because you're a crow. Like you know, like. Well, and that's, I don't like crows, brother. I'm going to yeah. make you eat the crow. I'm going to make you eat the vitamins, brother. <laughs> fuck you. He would say that, too. Yeah. Was, well, was now he's, a, he's a more edgy
2: Hogan, but he's red and yellow. Yeah, but he say ass and, and fuck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He'll say ass and fuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one because we know how 98 went down. and It was good the, for the, Wolf the most pack, part. The Wolfpack gave it new life. Yeah. But you got to admit, Quinn, even as the most ardent WCW supporter that you are, there's not much else to do with that angle at that point. Yeah, you know there
1: is some side effects too of breaking the NWO up, though. Like what? Like that are not good. Like why? Like, what if some people of the NWO people, the B people, and all that like shit? Scott what if they? Norton? I'm just not even just them. Just like all like even some of the upper tier B level idiots. Uh, Mr. Perfect Ray. and all that yeah, shit.
2: Mr. Perfect, like, right?
1: They're going to start fucking leaking into like TV title territory with hey, Jericho and hey,
2: stuff. Hey, but like, Jericho can. What's wrong? What is wrong with Kurt Perfect in the TV title scene?
1: I mean that Nothing.
2: that would might interfere.
1: We might have never got the Malenko versus Jericho. Oh, uh, well, that was cruiserweight, wasn't it? Still, they were way too heavy. That was to be cruiserweight, in though. Cruiserweight. I, yeah, but these yeah. are the
2: cruiserweight
1: division. Well, then Jericho was in TV also. Who
2: are you to doubt old Dandy? Yeah. By the way, i just.
1: All I'm saying is you
2: don't know the downstream effects is the one thing. I guess I don't think Goldberg's affected either way because all he's got to do is beat the shit out of anyone the yeah. whole year. This is so. like actually a big butterfly effect
1: kind of thing because it is. It, it, if you break up the NWO. A bunch of other crap might happen that's maybe
2: not so good. That's true. There's you got to put all those different... NWO people somewhere. Yeah, maybe out on the streets. Some yeah. of them getting overpaid for doing nothing. But nevertheless, folks, thank you guys for uh, sending in your questions. We got one more segment next week of this. And a reminder: if you want to be a part of next season's opening segment. Send an email to ovppodcast at gmail.com with anything you want us to talk about except a review. We can't do a review. We have to do the review separately. That has to be. Sorry. Sorry. We apologize. But it could be any past OVP segment. Mm -hmm. Butterfly Effect. uh, Rushmore. Rushmore. Sure. It could be an on the case. It could be anything. Anything you want. Remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Email ovppodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you want to participate in the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush of Finishers, Put in your top ten and bottom ten, do that on Facebook. But Quinn, when we come back, we're wrapping up the 10 best finally here. Okay. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Intercontinental champions of all time. Of all of the times. This is gonna be it, folks. This This is is the best ten. There's two more names incoming, and one of them really might surprise you, and maybe some notable omissions. We're gonna have to find out. The Royal Rankings is coming up right after this. Come on.
0: Sugar little honeybee Don't be afraid
1: not gonna hate you I wouldn't hurt my little honeybee.
0: How could you have been so rude? That's southern hospitality. How could you have been so rude? I mean come on. I'm simply introduced and you people are booing. Why? Give me a break. Jerry Lawler starts running around the ring as I'm sitting at ringside. Starts running around the ring, trips over his own feet, points a finger at me and blames me. I had nothing to do with it. Come on, Jerry Lawler. Then from there you want to get in my face. Oh, your breath. You've got the worst case of halitosis. But you know what? Come to think of it, it smelled just like the Mid-South Coliseum. It smelled just like everyone in there smelled. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world.
2: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 139, Quinn. 139! And it is Monday, July 22nd, 2019. Thank you for being with us. Before we get to the final Ultimate Royal Rankings, I just want to remind you that we do have a Patreon. Uh yeah, we have that. We do have that. We've signed up for it. We have signed up
1: for it. uh, It's uh, been a bit now. We've filled out the registration the questionnaire. Um they were like, Do you want a Patreon?
2: Yes. Yes. Do you eat cookies? Yes. Yes. And do you like pie? Yes. Yes. If you like uh, pie and cookies, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP Podcast and get a piece of that pie. What we got going on mm-hmm. is there are three rewards tiers, and that's it. It's just three. You won't shed any tears over we this. tears. don't shed tears. This you, is, this is,
1: you might shed tears of laughter
2: from yes. the content on the Patreon because it is, uh, it's a real riot, <laughs> That's right. For example, for $2 a month, that's just $2 a month, every single week you get the raw video of the making of every single OVP episode on Monday, and what that is is you're going to see... Before we start the audio show, in the breaks afterwards, bloopers, things that hit the cutting room floor, our shirts, our shirts, and uh, yeah, Quinn's new shirt that he has yep. from um, Slipknot. What's it called? Uh,
1: Stitcher Fix. That's, that's uh, the one. I think that's the website. Stitch Fix. Stitch
2: Fix. Stitch Fix yes. yes. Uh, and uh, audio of Dharma and Greg is also available yeah. in today's episode of the raw video. But yes, that's two dollars a month. Every single Monday, you'll get a video. Now, if you add one more dollar to that, three dollars, just, just one dollar, isn't that crazy? Like one dollar is more, stuff. way more hours of content. 1982 is in the books. We're doing 1983. Wow. WWF Championship Wrestling. Holy and shit. What is crazy about that is that we have gone through every single, pretty much, WWF Championship Wrestling that we could get. Barring some compilation yes. tapes, obviously, of months. Yep, of 1982. and We live watch it. It's every other Friday this comes out. You live watch it with Quinn and I on the screen. And it's like watching wrestling with your friends, basically.
1: It's kind of like being at the middle school lunch table if someone brought in the Game Gear with the like TV oh, on it. Oh, yeah, like GameCube yeah, TV
2: attachment. Yeah, exactly. Go uh, in there, Michael. Uh, and that's only three bucks a month. But now it's time for eighty-three, which yeah. is gonna be crazy. We're gonna go through all of eighty three as well. Another year, join. another which is two years for yeah. us since it's every other week. That's but. right, it's bi-weekly, but you can join us for just three dollars a month. That comes out every other Friday. Mm-hmm. And then if you top it off at five dollars a month, that's all it is. If you can spare the five bucks, Give it a shot because you're going to get all the stuff I just mentioned, right? And every single month we are reviewing in order... Full review of every single WWF pay per view. It's unbelievable. Man. Really? I mean, we so just wait, so we just did the Survivor, Survivor series, series. Just came out. Eighty seven. Yep, just came out a couple of days ago. Hey, right. that, that, that sure was a, a hoot. It was a hoot. Uh, next, a tag match. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The August review will be the Royal Rumble. We're doing that, even though it wasn't on pay per view. September WrestleMania four. I mean, we're doing them all, folks, and it's high quality audio, just like this show, fully produced podcast. That's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We're not expecting to get rich, but if you like what we do here and you want to support us in any way, check out patreon.com slash OVP podcast and see if any of those tiers tickle your fancy. Uh, now, very fancy. Very fancy. Now, Quinn, the Royal Rankings is also very fancy because it's where we've taken the top 10 and bottom 10 of the Intercontinental Champions as voted by the fans, not by us. Yeah, we didn't.
1: Okay, we didn't put these names in. This is They just give us the things yep. that we, we rank and we put yep. them through the the, the randomizer regulators yep. and and yeah, exactly. Microwaves, the microwave the um, microwaves. We microwave them. EEGs. <laughs> I don't know. Like you just you put all these wrestlers
2: on these yeah, and the a Yeah, exactly. Figure it all out. And uh, the vote on by you, the fans, before the season started. So we compiled everything. We draw out two names each week. We alternate weeks right now. So it's the ranking and the flush. This week is the ranking. Eight are on the board. So out of all the names that are left, only two are going to get chosen. These two. are the only Chosen two that made by you, so don't blame us if somebody doesn't make the list <laughs> or whatever. That's right. And uh, let's run it down real quick here. Here are the official OVP-certified non-GMO farm-raised grass-fed rankings. Very, very organic. Very grass-fed yeah. or something-fed. Number one, bit of a shocker, a little dissension on this one, but some people agreed, the Ultimate Warrior. I was surprised how many people agreed on this, actually. Honestly, I was, too. The science... It's scientific, folks. ...proves itself. That's right. Really does. Number two, the excellence of execution, Bret Hart. The science proves he's number two, and that is a
1: great ranking, honestly, for uh, Mr. Coliseum Video over here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Number three, the macho man, Randy Savage. This was a shocker for a lot of people, that that Randy Savage could be three. But, hey, we looked at the reign, the finest Intercontinental title match, the rest of it not as good.
2: Yeah. Uh, this one too, some controversy. Number four, the honky tonk man, the honky some donkey. I thought this was a great ranking. I do too. For him. I, I was not how is he number one? He's not. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> number five, The Rock. Very good. Very underrated ranking. The Rock,
1: yeah, The Rock almost might be underrated on this whole like yeah. five might be underrated for him. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's really
2: good. Joe. I think five's good. Gwen six, Mr. Perfect. A Mr. Perfecto. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> I did I was not okay with this reign. Number seven, Razor Ramon.
1: Respectable, considering he's like the dumpy aircraft <laughs> hangar era, you know. <laughs> From the area. Number eight,
2: because I guess he had it the most, was Chris Jericho. This he got is, in. This is like the participation award. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But folks, uh, be sure to participate in next season's Royal Rankings and Royal right. Flush. So <laughs> without further ado, let's go to Howard Finkel and the Royal Rankings. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, it is now time for... You are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nobody beats Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Nobody. I remember when they were changing your body pants. Ah, the ultimate winner, the night itself no victory. That's J-E, double F, J-A, double R, E, double T. Because Shawn Michaels is the undisputed intercontinental champion. There can only be one champ. And it's me. Shake, rattle, and roll. I don't care if I have to backstroke up the Mississippi. Woo!
2: It is the Royal Rankings, the final Royal Rankings of WWF Intercontinental Champions, Quinn. This is it. This is it. We this, have... is it. It's all, this is it. It's all come down to this, really. These, these last two. Who could they be? You know what? That's a good question because some of you all might be surprised out there. But I think when the time for talking is through... It's time for turkey, it's right? It's time for turkey. Survivor Series just finished for us. Yes. So Yeah, you're right. Even though it's, like, July. But, <laughs> <laughs> but why don't we all now find out who drew number nine? Yeah. Tito Santana! Uh, uh, it's time Tito. for tacos. Tito. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Tito Santana's uh, here, Chico Quinn. Santana. Tito I Santana.
1: Okay, I can't believe this guy made the list. Did he really? Is He, he, he really did. did. He was voted in. He calculations correctly? In. He was voted the votes? in. He made it. What, Tito was this, Santana. was the Electoral College? <laughs> Is that how he made it yeah.
2: in? <laughs> a lot of people voted for Buchanan, he so pulled, he made he it, it in. He pulled off Pennsylvania <laughs> or something? <laughs> well, Tito Santana was a... Premier superstar in the W.F. in the early to mid '80s, even into the late '80s. Honestly, right. he had a very good career. Uh, we'll recap his Intercontinental Championship run. He had a feud with Don Morocco yes, in '83. Mr. Donald P. himself, yes, and into '84. And Tito Santana had been in the W.F. before. Uh yeah. I believe he teamed with Ivan Putsky in the earlier in, uh, days. Yes. Um, he was in a tag teams, usually. He wasn't really a, a singles man. Nope. But, you know, he was a good, solid wrestler in the vein of a Rick Steamboat. Right. In the vein of a Rick Martell in mm-hmm. terms of that that fiery babyface mentality, right? right? And yeah, Sympathetic. The- Tony Gurria. I yeah. mean, yeah. Unfortunately. Like what but yes. his predecessors. You're right. Yeah. And Tony Gurria type of it's vein. It's basically like
1: if Tony Gurria won the Intercontinental title. Mm. Scared to think about, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's, it? It
2: probably would have happened too if he just not like I don't know. He like runs away every couple months or whatever he does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But back to Tito here. So Tito came back to the WF in uh, '83, mid-ish, mid-late '83. Got into a feud with Don Morocco, who was the incumbent champion, and he won it from him in February of '84.
0: And I caught Morocco by surprise when I beat him. You know, the people didn't get to see it. He was giving me. Tackles and I just nice jumped up. I ju- jumped up in the air and I hooked him with my ankles, mm. and it's almost a combination of a sunset flip,
2: and uh, the the
0: belt was mine.
2: So that kicked off Tito's first run, and this is a pretty decent run. He had a series of hot rematches with Morocco, I believe it MSG and elsewhere, mm-hmm. and but, I mean we know where this this whole run is based off, of, right? Why people love it so much. I think the main reason that people really like the Tito run is because he had this really awesome feud with greg valentine about it now let me yeah. just let me just mention that he lost it to valentine in september of 84 right so his first run is about six seven months but he would regain it no? yes he would so they have this hot feud but it's while tito isn't the champion for the first part of it right tito comes back in late 84 and throughout 85 they're feuding for greg's title so again doesn't even, count even at uh the hustlemania one yeah that's true Greg Valentine defends against Junkyard Dog Tito's in the opener yeah remember Valentine's like crying or whatever with his
1: beard. I don't like this
2: yes. you know <laughs> exactly like that and then finally Tito regains it in a steel cage match wow July of 1985. Now, Talk this, about a way to regain it, huh? This was a freaking feud. This is the feud where uh, Tito got his knee injured uh, by Valentine in 84. Knocked and his he, leg out of his leg. He did, right out of his leg, and gave uh, a promo while in surgery, like in did the he? hospital, like post-op. Oh, yeah. well, I can't it's wait to get up to that in, in <laughs> it's our so good. Yeah. But again, Tito wasn't the champion for that. He wins it back for Valentine in July of 85.
0: Now Valentine re- realizing he's right near the door. Look at this. Santana just about to drop to the arena floor and- and Valentine, oh, the door slams shut right in his kisser. Santana is a new champion. Is that allowed in that, though? Absolutely.
2: And they continue to feud. And one of the notable things that happened here in, Val- in uh, Santana's reign, right? is Valentine destroyed the old title. Aha, yes. So a little trivia note, the first ever champion to hold the new, the classic 85 to 98 well, belt. Well, I call this the
1: version one of the classic because yes, yes. there's a, a slight difference with this belt. Is the WF is red? For it is some reason. red, I don't yes. know why. I don't know. Why did they go that route? That's not even like anything like their logo, like even back then. I don't know, but... Tito was the first person to hold the classic belt, right. which I think is really cool. Kicked you know? off the classic era. And actually, yep. I want to say this about the Tito run. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think that this is a reason why it's so fondly remembered. He was basically the Intercontinental Champion when most people got into wrestling. Yep. Because like, 85 is that, that big year for them. The rock a lot and of wrestling turn. Joined, yep. Some people 84, I want to say. but like I would imagine, but really 85 is when they hit NBC. Right. They hit all the mainstream stuff. So basically, Tito was the Intercontinental Champion. So people probably thought of him as you know, their first intercontinental right. champion. and
2: In the same way that for me, Razor, yeah, you know, same it was for a big me. deal. Yeah. To Razor see. Ramon. I always have that fondness yeah. for Razor. So maybe if you're of this generation, you grew up and Tito was just the champion when you he started watching. The, you
1: know, in a weird way, he is kind of the Razor Ramon of his like time. In because a way. He's the consummate intercontinental champion. Consummate guy. baby face
2: champion, yeah, right? Exactly. Fans are always behind him. So he has a good rematch feud with uh, Greg Hammerton. I mean, he fought other people, but notably it was Greg Valentine. But then he uh, wandered his way into a feud with Randy Savage. And in the Boston Garden in February of yeah. 1986, that alleged travesty according to Gorilla. Danny Davis was wearing khaki, well, yes, so exactly. it must have not been allowed. Or Savage uh, pulled something out of his tights, which was probably nothing. No, yeah, maybe it was a fake maybe like foreign a object, piece right? Of,
1: <laughs> of garbage, literally, yeah. like, like a piece like of a, toilet like, paper, or just just a loosely
2: like <laughs> turned into like wrapped up or whatever. Right, right. And uh, whacked Santana with it, and Davis didn't notice because he was preoccupied with his pants. Right, clearly, he was and, trying to make sure they. Didn't <laughs> (laughs) Did he not have a belt on in that also? You know, it's quite possible. and I'm sure his hair was unkempt. I'll have to revisit that. I'll have to check the footage on that. And that would be the end of Tito's reign. But let's recap his, you know, in the scene. Mm -hmm. He was in the IC title scene for the better part of two and a half, three years. Again, consummate. Consummate, perennial. Is, this yep. saying, is that the word one? Perennial. One words, right? Perennial. Annual. Annual. Yeah. You know, flowers we're talking yeah. now, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a real botanist. The botanist Michael Quinn over that's here. A, that's what they call me. <laughs> Do that's, they? That's what they say, the
1: botanist Michael Quinn. <laughs> they also call me the botanist uh, Prue Quinn. Yeah, Prue Quinn. Uh, the Parv botanist Quinn. Parv Quinn. Uh, yes, Parv th- Quinn. Th- these are all names that yes. um, are, are thrown my way all the
2: time. <laughs> Santana never would regain it after the Savage Feud, and uh, in fact would eventually a uh, feud with Danny Davis you know as right. part of the Hart Foundation storyline in 87 and something with Slick That's that is like three yeah i don't yeah, know why. i don't know what that's about and then of course Strike Force yeah. you know that would replace the uh
1: have connection right he well Tito gets like inserted into that and basically his career is essentially over as a main single yes, star. from 88 went, to 91. Once he goes single, singles again, he's feuding with Rick Martel, and he's usually just, like, winning on superstars, but losing on pay-per-view yeah, for Barbarian, the rest of his career.
2: Cetera, right? Yeah. Warlord at SummerSlam 90. So that's Tito's reign. There's not a whole lot to report about it, because the first one was the pre-pay-per-view era. Right. He wasn't the champion of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He didn't defend it at Wrestling Classic. I'll tell you what, though. He was pretty well featured at uh, WrestleMania one. I.
1: I mean, the, the opening match, they act like he's a big fucking deal. And then he was and then when he interferes in the
2: Valentine thing, they're like, you know, this they're is all about Tito. This is like right.
1: Tito's got to get that belt back, you know? Yeah.
2: And again, if you ever check out any of his televised house show stuff, you know, such as Madison Square Garden or Boston Garden good. when he's a champion. Yeah, yeah, especially crowds hot for him. He puts on really good matches Possibly an underrated worker yeah. overall is Tito Santana. And now
1: he teaches high school math or
2: something. And suck or something yeah. like that. New Jersey, right? right? Yeah. We may have known some people that had him as a teacher. Right. This is, Isn't this is true. Isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> how life to works. Me,
1: to me, it's the weirdest thing that there's people who right. went to high school or middle school or whatever he teaches, right? Yeah and he was their teacher and they probably just had no fucking idea that this was like a like he was like a big star like
2: yeah i mean in unless he brought it up but he he seems somewhat humble how do you not bring that up like I guess, like how right? do you like
1: what if you tell you call him and oh, Mr Santana gave his, me a, it's it's a report name. or whatever it's not his last name and then your dad
2: goes wasn't he uh it's not, I remember it's not him when i was a kid but Tito Santana it's right it's not actually his name though wait are you sure it's Mercedes Solis not Mr Santana it's not Mr Santana though
1: no. i thought that was his real name all along are you serious? Yeah, I mean, they said he was from Mexico and it He's seemed like a Mexican Texas name, and from Texas. You know, I cool is not even a real place in Mexico. It isn't Toluca. Oh, why are you bursting my child? I really thought like everything about him was legitimate. Not that obviously the matches are fixed, but I just thought he was very like. This is my name, and I'm a wrestler, and I'm from Mexico. It's amazing
2: those workers how they work, isn't it? I
1: just thought he just he seemed so genuine compared to the the other guys on this list.
2: Well, while kayfabe is still alive and well for one, Michael Quinn, why don't we all find out now? Because mm. that's all I think we got on yeah. Tito. A good intercontinental champion. Good, and we'll see where he ranks. Yeah. But Quinn, this is it, number ten. This is the last one. And a reminder, folks, we didn't vote for these. We took the top of every name on the list. Is that supposed to worry people? Like it's Dean Douglas somehow he made both lists or something. <laughs> hey, you never know. Could be Jeff Jarrett. Could be Jeff Hardy. It could be Jeff Hardy. <laughs> could be a lot be, of Jeffs. Could be Jeff Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Hi I'm Jeff. Jeff. All right, let's all find out now. The time is through. It's time. It's just fucking time. Okay. Uh, it's Kurt Angle now. All right. <laughs> who is it? Let's all find out who drew number ten. Well, Quinn. Wow. It's your favorite wrestler. Well. The Heartbreak Kid How do I Michaels. not remain biased on this? I didn't. I, I tried to be okay. as clean be, cut as uh, I'll possible be as with, with As of clean of as Brett. I can.
1: Mr. Clean.
2: I'll call him be him. Mr. Clean. And Mr. Shave your head, too, Mr. while you're at it.
1: Clean. Go true clean. Go mop my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't tell me to do that. Uh, no, don't really. I got a podcast to do here. <laughs> I can't be mopping no kitchens. All right. I got to talk about Shawn Michaels.
2: Yep, you've been, been waiting the for the this. the
1: greatest Intercontinental Champions.
2: Well, let's find out, Quinn. So, Michaels, uh, not to get all into his whole career, we all know that, but after the Rockers broke up, mm-hmm. he was more or less immediately inserted into, the, into the scene. for that right? title. Belt. He defeated, coincidentally, Tito uh, Santana. Uh, Tito, who now was a uh, Mexican mantador. Now, which is strange because matadors are from Spain, which I never do they, understood. Do they not
1: have any matadoring in in actual Mexico? I mean, they may, they may. I'm not going to
2: mm-hmm. say they don't.
1: They probably do. We should do. go visit, see if there's uh,
2: the local matador yeah, uh, area. Good time for international relations right now, right? Arena. We should go to yeah, uh-huh. uh huh, matador well, arena. I actually, went to a matador arena in uh, Ecuador. Who cares? You want to talk yeah. about Shawn Michaels? Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Okay, so he defeats Tito. Right. That's where Tito's like, you have a booger in your nose. You see yeah. that gif? Yeah, yeah they're in the. I never noticed that. Until I didn't that either. either. It's really funny. And Gorilla's already on commentary, being like, "Ah, he wants to be the Intercontinental Champion," you know, right, and all right. that. And he immediately starts to feud with the new Intercontinental Champion of WrestleMania Eight, Bret Hart. Right. So that's the, the first that, scene that he's in. So basically,
1: he's immediately like gunning for Bret Hitman Hart, yes, because he defeats the Roddy Piper at that show, mm-hmm. and now Sean's like, "Well, that's the champ. Got to go champ. after
2: him." Now, Brett happens to lose it to the British Bulldog Mm -hmm. in SummerSlam 92. Right. And Shawn Michaels then challenges the British Bulldog on what would turn out to be the final Saturday night's main event taped in October, 92, aired in November. Right. Right before Survivor Series mm-hmm. in Terre Haute, Indiana. Is that real? Yep. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. And Shawn Michaels defeats the British Bulldog as Bulldog's going. He had hurt his back, I guess, in the match. and He goes for a superplex when you want you know yeah, to finish. He
1: come, yeah, he comes off t- off the top off the superplex and it's like, oh, his back failed and, like, Shawn Michaels just lands on him. So, clean gets win. The, gets the clean win, yeah.
0: Turn his back, take it! Oh! Turn his back! Oh.
2: Kind of surprising because Bulldog had just had this huge win against Mm -hmm. Bret Hart. Yes. In front of his own countrymen and country now, dogs. I always mix this up. Was Shut Sherry up.
1: there for that victory? She or was already
2: hit with she, the mirror. Here, she was hit with the mirror at that yes, point. Yes, she wasn't so, there. Because,
1: yeah, wasn't that the whole thing when she came back? Like, oh, now I got the Intercontinental title. Now I don't need you anymore. Like, no, no, like, no. She was
2: already hit with the mirror. Right. It's oh, what, oh what what I mean excuse like me, I'm sorry. When she came back. Yeah, he was like, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah, You're exactly. Right. And that was actually a big part of his first feud as the champion, which was against Marty Jannetty at Royal Rumble 93. Now, that isn't... Their best match. They had better ones, it? but, but it's it, okay.
1: It's it's yeah. It's like okay. I you know this is how the thing about his first run is. I feel it's very Mister Perfect ish.
2: Well, like, yeah. I, it's like there is a lot of that. It's a little disappointing, but there's some good stuff too, and I, yeah. I want to be fair about that. The Rumble match sounded better on paper because it's like finally Jannetty's going to get his revenge from when he tried to run away through the barbershop yeah, it, window. it became more about, uh, I'm changing my nylon <laughs>
1: <by all> that <laughs> shit. You dirty old man. You're Lord. a dirty
2: old yeah. man. Yeah. And Jannetty was just off his game or something. It right. that wasn't that great of a match. But Michaels would then go on a feud with Tatanka. Yes. And that was... It's be- the best Tatanka ever did. Honestly, yeah. yes. Uh, WrestleMania 9 opener. I want to backtrack one more thing before I even get to after WrestleMania 9. Mm -hmm. Michaels as the new intercontinental champion challenged the new world champion Bret Hart at Survivor Series 92. Now now,
1: in this case though I think we don't think of it as intercontinental because the belt wasn't on the line. It wasn't but it it was just just an opportunity for Shawn Michaels who was already scheduled to face Brett anyway. When,
2: when Brett wasn't the world champion, that's yeah. the even funnier part. So
1: they just stumble into this <laughs> champion yep. versus champion match, which only one belts on the line, yeah. because it was some kind of obligation that Brett had to defend the title at the pay-per-view.
2: Or something. I forget what Tony, But there was something. ...said about yeah. it, but. So, but Michael's immediately high-profile fighting the champion, right. Bret Hart. So anyway, after Tatanka in a decent... It's like, you're right, the best Tatanka ever got. Yeah. Michael started to do a little bit of the heel, like, Savage Honky Tonk Man style where he would evade uh, yeah. losing.
1: It's weird that they started him as a very skilled champion, and then they went to this chicken, chicken shit, shit thing. And that's, like, what kind of ate up most of the first run.
2: Right. And uh, notable in that, if you've maybe seen some of these early Raws from May of 93... Is he had a match with Duggan where he took a count out loss, right? And then the following week Duggan's staged a sit-in the ring and he sat in the ring in a chair mm-hmm. and demanded a rematch and they had um, a, a he's very, a real American he knows how to protest <laughs> yeah sitting in a chair and they had a um, he ain't gonna move they had a very high profile lumberjack match Michaels right. and Duggan which is actually really fun that's on prime cuts or something isn't it
1: I swear it, it is. is
2: on grudges gripes and grunts okay. but
1: yes the same pa- Coliseum
2: era yep but on prime cuts and also on network on Raw May 17th 93 known as one of the greatest early Raws mm-hmm. Genetti comes out of the crowd as yeah. a surprise opponent now. This is a pretty cool angle actually. Really cool. Michaels and Genetti have a really good little Raw match and now Michaels can't take the count out because Mr. Perfect blocks his exit, throws the towel at Michaels, mm-hmm. Genetti rolls him up, and Genetti's the new Intercontinental champion. Now this
1: had something to do also, if I recall. The perfect part of it is because he got in a scuffle <laughs> yep. with him at WrestleMania 9 yes, in the back. Absolutely which, right. Which also, like, that stupid... I love that the, there's like an actual butterfly effect. Yeah, to that storytelling. Scuffle, yes. Because not only does it cause Shawn Michaels something, but then later on, Mr. Perfect and Lex Luger <laughs> right? and all that shit. <laughs> yup. Like, it's
2: like long term storytelling, right?
1: I can't believe that that stupid thing with Michaels so, and
2: Jeans kicking perfect, right? Yeah, it has <laughs>
1: such a like downstream
2: effect. It was ridiculous. I also just love the visual of perfect angrily storming all the way back through the parking lot or whatever. Yeah, and Michaels is just casually there with no shirt talking to Luger. Yeah, it's, it's really true. funny.
0: Storage area. Shot Michaels from behind. Michaels, Michaels, the Intercontinental Champion. Some shots. It's- oh, oh
1: man. There's something at Raw too
2: where involving that where he has jeans and a car or something. Perfect and Pat slams on like, get car. the car. Fuck off of him or- perfect slams. Michaels on the hood of Howard Finkel's car right. on an early Ross. And I so. just remember Patterson being there. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Pat and Gill was there a bunch of them. So anyway, now we've got Michaels versus Perfect the feud. However, Michaels isn't the Intercontinental Champion, but he fixes that in June a few weeks after losing it mm-hmm. at a house show. He brings in Vinny Vegas right. <laughs> as Diesel Right, who helps him defeat Marty Jannetty. Gets rid of that goof yep. real and, fast. And now the big feud is Michael's perfect. They take that to SummerSlam, but it's interrupted by Michael's crush, <sighs> which stunk at King yeah. of the Ring and Anytime all that and on the house shows. Crush gets involved in anything; it's a problem. It's very disappointing. It is Crush it's Savage, yeah. Crush versus Michaels, Crush and Demolition. Yeah, he's it, not that good. He stinks up everything. <laughs> Crush in the Nation of Domination. Crush in, uh, and James beek He's not yeah. in that. Oh, it's he didn't fight, he it's, didn't it's, fight Glacier. it's ref. Uh, it's the I know the same is, person to you. The, very similar. All these bearded white men look the same. <laughs> Long brown hair, <laughs> right? Like and it's big like, and not talented. Yeah. <laughs> so wear the same tights. Even <laughs> it's true. They're a tag team later. Yeah. So yeah, the Michaels Crush feud not so good. There was also a really good rematch in July of '93 on Raw. Michaels Genetti. That's yes, one of the yeah. probably their best that, match. Is
1: that the one with, that they consider like the one of the the basically the best early Raw match? Yeah, like, I think it's so. Like, it's
2: that's the one. The right? rematch from July nineteenth. Yeah. I think I can't remember the date. I think it's nineteenth, mm-hmm. '93.
1: It's an it's incredible the best match. Marty
2: Janetty ever did, and then he well, became, on WWF like, yeah. and like, shirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, so. SummerSlam 93, Michael's perfect, was touted by the WWF ahead of time It's like, this is going to be the best Intercontinental Championship match you've ever seen. Better than Brett
1: versus perfect, (laughs) better than Savage Steamboat. They might as well said that, right? Because that's how they were treating it. The hype is kind of stupid on it. Because it's, first of all, it's 93 perfect, not not as good perfect. And the match, not that great. And we
0: are likely to see one of the great, if not one of the greatest intercontinental matches we have ever seen here at SummerSlam.
2: No, you're wrong. September 93, all of a sudden, they announce Michaels has been stripped of the title, intercontinental title by Jack Tunney for failing to defend it in 30 days, right? Just a, the kayfabe reason. Right. The story goes is that it was Star Wars. Michaels denies that. We don't really know why. They have a battle royal to crown the final two people that are going to fight for it. It's Razor and Martel. We talked about Razor. Razor wins it. Michael's reemerges in November of '93. He's gone for like two but he's months. He's still got the other intercontinental belt. He's got the belt with him that he never lost, which is what Michaels likes to do—is not lose titles. But in
1: this case, in this one case, uh-huh. I truly believe that he was in the right. Because, I of don't the know fact, he was. because of the fact that nothing has been proven about this steroid thing ever. Yeah, but kayfabe-wise, I yeah. mean, he has no claim to the title. Well, kayfabe-wise, kayfabe, yes.
2: Kayfabe. Still, he says, I was never beaten for yep. it, and that's true. And that's what leads to the ladder match at WrestleMania 10, but you can't count that as part of his reign because he wasn't actually the champion.
1: Yeah. Now It can't count. Okay, so I have He's a question about this actually
2: technicality, though.
1: What? That match was technically... To be the undisputed intercontinental champion, yeah. So does that mean that he was a disputed intercontinental? Because no, like, does he that- was
2: disputing Razor being the champion. Technically, I'm
1: just saying what well, is the title in a, in a state of dispute, and that's so. Yeah, Michaels you know is how, like, disputing it, and I guess the only reason I'm saying you're that- trying to shoehorn no, the match trying- in so you can use I'm it not on the trying ranking. To shoe-horn yes, it. you I'm are. I'm actually using it for one reason here. What is that, Andre? Back then. I used to hype the fact that, um, and Gorilla used to say this stupid shit, but what? I what, but this is still during that time frame that oh, when the belt's up there, neither man's yeah, the champion. Yeah, but that's not, he said like, that once uh, on
2: Coliseum with the uh, Lord. he said
1: it on the first one in the yeah, first ever, but
2: that doesn't count. That's on Smack 'em Whack on. I'm just
1: saying, you
2: yeah, know, for all intents and purposes, no man is the champion, your <laughs> the, lordship. Exactly, I've never seen a lot of much, and the, I, say, a that, kind
1: of much. I say that because of the fact. That in this particular match they were talking about two men who were who had their own belts and all that shit, and the, maybe they were trying to play that off. The
2: bottom line is that WF stripped him of the title and KF right. been in real life, so he wasn't the champion. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I, believe me, I'd like to count it, but yeah. it doesn't. But Razor wait, was the champion. There's another
1: one. So yeah, that's the g- thing. Good
2: thing that's there. So he has one last run as the IC, and man, did it kick off well because Jarrett had been on his like honky tonk man light edition run Ugh. throughout '95. He stunk. He. Re- <laughs> roadie was better yeah, roadie was better it's, it's true it's I say this all true. the time the fucking roadie was good I know I agree I totally agree and the His Rhodey-
1: like, hip gear I always thought his gear was he looked like yeah. he was from the future or some it's shit really neat he had those cool boots I just remember his boots being neat as a kid I was like man I want those
2: boots they were like <laughs> sneaker
1: boots they
2: were neat. They're pretty cool. Yeah, because even Razor couldn't beat Jarrett at, uh, cleanly at WrestleMania 11, so yep. someone needed to stop Jeff Jarrett's reign
1: and, as Intercontinental Champion. was a man who uh, was coming off a loss of the world title, so he's
2: figured I'll go beat this jabroni over yeah. here and then win my my belt back. The newly face turned Shawn Michaels, who had turned face in May of '95. Now I love this match with Jarrett.
1: I also oh, it's great. love it's great. Just as a, as a minor detail, I love that he wears white and gold trunks, like kind of almost denoting that he is just way better than this fucking loser. It's awesome, like, right? Yeah.
2: He's coming in with gold on his mind, you yeah. know. So you love this Jarrett match, right? And so it's do good. I. It's yeah. like a really it's Jarrett's best WWF match. Right by far. Oh, without question, and it, he held his own. It's not just. It's not like Michaels is carrying I don't, him. No, I'll give him credit. Here. Excellent chemistry. Just a lot of Memphis stall
1: in this match in the yeah, beginning for heat purposes. You know what I like about this match? It seems like it's going to be shitty, and then and all of a sudden, so it's like there's like a second half
2: to it. Yeah, it's like the first half is all this stalling, and then they start going fucking crazy. Yeah, and Michaels wins clean with the super kick because Rody accidentally trips Jarrett. Right. And the setting up the whole Jesse yeah, James thing.
1: feud and on yep. uh, the
2: real Double J. And yeah. I better be
0: reversed. Hey, wait a minute. What? Oh my goodness. One, two, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey,
2: calm the fuck down. But guess what? When we do get a ladder involved, because. Gorilla Monsoon in kayfabe and probably Vince in real life decided that Michaels versus Sid at SummerSlam would be really shitty. Right. So instead, they just bring in Razor for no discernible reason other than to make the card better.
1: If you recall, Gorilla was like, I'm a fan favorite president. (laughs) You all
2: want to see it. You're all going to get it. No one had ever been mentioning that, but he's like, you know what? Fuck it. (laughs) It, nobody nobody, <laughs> nobody denied. thought of it the
1: thing was what was funny is the fans didn't be like nobody booed or anything so they weren't like the fanship wasn't like denying that no, they did no, no, want no, to no. see that of course
2: of course everyone wanted to see a rematch of that and they have ladder match 2 which um, is not it's not the same as the first one, which is no, great. It's it, good though. It's really good. I saw this live on uh on pay per view so SummerSlam
1: ninety five.
2: August twenty seventh, ninety five. I remember I'll tell you watching
1: what, it. This made this uh pay per view actually like an okay pay per view, even though it was like yeah, dumpy otherwise. Brett
2: and Yankum's okay in yeah. all seriousness. But
1: I mean the Mabel thing is upsetting. Uh, I know. But the point is is that this match stands out so much, it basically carries the
2: whole show. It basically carries the show and it's a, a great match between the two. And then Michaels is involved in the two dudes with Attitudes with Diesel. Which that, I thought that was a super fun I rant. Know. I, I, th-
1: I just thought it was so random and
2: silly. It's and Gorilla that. again, yeah, up it, to his shenanigans. Right, We're going to make it an all-belts match. All belts are on the line. I can guarantee you that there will be new some kind of champion. I don't know. I don't
1: care what Mr. James E. Cornette says. There's got to be a
2: new champion. It's pretty true. And then there wasn't. And then there wasn't. Yeah. I mean, they won him, of, but the like, man yeah. doesn't show up or something. Yeah, Bulldogs grandfathered into the yeah. match. So now Michaels is scheduled to face Dean Douglas Quinn. Dean Douglas, Dean Douglas, the one and only Dean Douglas. That's right. So it comes
1: full circle to the yes, the, it top, the number one worst Intercontinental Champion. That's right. But Michaels was
2: um was at a nightclub in Syracuse. Do we
1: have to relitigate this. No,
2: I'm just going to mention just, that we he got, already did this when he Dean got Douglas. punched by someone. The Marine, one John of them, Cena or something. Maybe one, know. maybe a lot more than one. Yeah. Either way, he showed up with at the, the beard <laughs> and a swishy coat. I like that you're doing it yeah. at least at the crappy uh, October 95 pay per view. So upset about this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this sucks. Why, you say that
1: you won't go.
2: And he once again loses the title without losing the title. But he never wins it back after this, right? No, because he wins the world title.
1: I'm saying he doesn't win the intercom <laughs> No, he doesn't. Back, so that's
2: the end of this So talk. he gives it up to Dean Douglas. Dean Douglas! And that's it for Michael's Reigns. We've got some interesting stuff to go over here. Let me run down the rankings again mm-hmm. real quick, folks. Number one, Warrior. Number two, Bret Hart. Three, Randy Savage. Four, The Honky Tonk Man. Five, The Rock. Six, Mr. Perfect. Seven, Razor Ramon. And eight, Chris Jericho. For Tito Santanaquin, I say we start him at Jericho. Mm-hmm. I think Tito's better. Uh, I think he is better, too. Jericho,
1: again, uh, just the participation award. Like, there's really nothing else you
2: can say about it. Yeah, he had nine reigns. Really, none of them were that notable. Mm -hmm. Tito had two reigns. He had the good Morocco stuff where he won it, and then the rematch, and the great Valentine stuff, and the way he feuded with him after winning it, before and after winning it. Yeah, I think it's a... a Shoe it. He's better than him. Now, um, now this Razor Ramon. His 90s Tito, version of him. Yes. Right? This is why
1: I want to. This is an interesting discussion.
2: Okay. What do you got? Um, because
1: I think this could go either way. Okay. So I'm just going to say this outright. I don't think Tito gets above perfect. Is, is, is that fair to say? Um, I don't think so. They're
2: very similar in terms but, of their. Middling impact as champions, right. does that make sense? Yes, but I think Perfect. It's just seat, he's remembered a little bit better, and he seems more. Well, we you know again the pre pay per view era is harder to gauge. Yeah, that Valentine feud was good. A lot of that he wasn't championed. It's that's the really problem. hard to say that maybe, maybe Mr. Perfect is. It.
1: But anyway, he's got to make it past Razor. Yeah. Ramon,
2: so I don't know. Razor had the ladder match. Yeah. Like hey, that, that's a problem. And not only that, he had the good match with Diesel. Right. The match where he lost it to Jarrett was was mm-hmm. good. The match where he won it from Martel was good. The 95-96 stuff, nothing. I mean, it's he didn't do anything it good. Doesn't really
1: count. But Razor Ramon was so impactful in the first two runs. He like, really
2: was. He established himself as like, yeah, this is a, a true Intercontinental Champion. Does Tito have a case though for being maybe an un or maybe a forgotten or unheralded? part of the whole workers title aspect of this belt. Well, though. I think he's a, no, I don't think he's unheralded.
1: I think he's one of you, you the early example.
2: I feel like that starts with Savage.
1: Um, the worker aspect. He had to win it from a worker to be make it a worker belt. That's a good point.
2: And not, their match is good, too. The one where he and wins it, pretty That's not it, even to good. say
1: that Tito didn't win it from a good worker. Donald P was okay. Oh, Morocco was awesome
2: in, early, in the early 80s. Yeah. He really so. is.
1: Hmm. And the Valentine stuff is really and good. Patera, I always think Patera is the true like, first worker. But
2: well, Patterson it, pa- didn't really do any workings. Yeah, pa- pa- uh, Patera. Patterson. Patterson. He was, he, he was really good. Ken Patterson. Yeah. George Harrison was a really good anyway, champion, too.
1: Anyway, we're talking about Tito Santana here, right? Yes. Um, here's the problem. See. Here is the issue. What is it, Michael? Even though the company was in the dumps. When? When Razor Ramon was the champion. Well, yeah, some of it. They might have All been it. <laughs> slightly more popular than when Tito initially won it. You know, that's a fair point than 84. Um, but that's not wrestling a reflection. Was, yeah, I'm just saying, like, wrestling was just starting to get mainstream. But that's not a reflection on them as champions, though. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? I mean, you're right. I think you're right. Well, here's the thing. Is what I what I'm where i'm going with that yeah is that razor and tito are remembered for a lot of people's first intercontinental champions i think so that's, that's a fair assumption and, and that's why i think it matters like the era and that's why i think it's actually possible that tito could be slightly better than razor moment because tito precedes the like big boom 80s boom whereas razor is a little far away from the attitude era he is but all right well you know uh, I mean, it's tough i yeah. didn't think it'd be this hard i think they're very equal because I, of that consummate intercontinental champion thing and just like yeah. their runs are are
2: similar it's also the highest either of them got on the card in W. that's the too. other thing
1: is that they hold that kind of distinction
2: you can't um, say it led to anything better for either of them well yeah. i mean
1: razor took his his high
2: profile the with the wcw I, I, I think
1: perfect's in the discussion with
2: Tito, even though he hasn't even ascended above Razor yet, Deep but Frog, like, should Razor be above Perfect? Maybe we fucked up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. But um, I don't know if I can put Tito above Razor. And I love Tito Santana. I mean, I really do. I, yeah. I think he's great. But yeah, the bad guy is pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, he was really popular. Tito was too. I don't know that Tito. Uh, I think may- there, I
1: you know what I really <sighs> shit, you hard. know what I really
2: think it is, Joe. Yes, I
1: think that people from different eras would look at it differently. Is I that, agree I think, with that. Kids that got into WF in 1984 85 might say how like what do you mean Razor Ramon's better than Tito Santana? Tito Santana's better obviously. Whereas kids who got into WF in the the mid 90s, 90s, like like oh like we did, might be like well Razor Ramon like he's way better than Tito Santana. Yeah, which I don't think either of us are saying that. At least we're being
2: very fair about it. Like they're very comparable. That
1: well that's why I think they're very like they're of the same type of champion like it's like this right. child's first intercontinental champion right people it, it's just the timing of their their runs that right in the smack dab
2: middle of each decade you know what quinn something that doesn't we haven't really mentioned with razor though in his last reign even though we kind of, we've we been glossing over his last reign the october 95 to royal rumble the gold dust feud is really good it's the like, actual feud, the oh, match yeah, is the crappy. Whole, the whole thing about the
1: it's actually a good feud. It's interesting. I'll put it that way. They get into
2: brawls in the in the parking yeah. lot and outside. It's actually there's that. But Tito had the hot feud with Valentine, right? And not only that, I mean, I he won the bell from Donald P, which was a,
1: a great. A, big deal, uh, a lot of right? people will say they're surprised that the Pster here didn't make it in.
2: Yeah, I know. I want to get to some people that didn't make it when we wrap it up. Do you think, though, that Razor Amon's ladder match... I know, I keep harping on that. It's
1: unfortunate. I think the ladder match, I think, is the only thing that... It was for the title. I think that's the one thing that irks
2: Razor right
1: over Tito. It's like just that. Okay. I can do it. It's tough. Although, what the fuck are we saying, though? Tito with that cage match.
2: The Valentine, I yeah. know, and just their whole... Mm. But again, a lot of the Tito-Valentine feud, I know I keep repeating myself, was when Valentine was champion, too. That's the problem. Yeah. The, uh, feud, yeah, is take what, bit, the he, feud is really but good, but... fuck, he regained it in a steel,
1: he regained it. <laughs> steel cage match, which was the latter match of its day, Yeah, basically. and they had some
2: really good rematches, too, and yeah. so did he in Morocco yeah. in 84. I don't know. I, <laughs> You know what? If we can't think of a reason to put him above Razor... Then we yeah. can just keep him right below Razor. I like Santana a lot. I like it too. I would really like to pit him against Mister
1: Perfect, but if we can't find a good reason to get him over Razor, <sighs> I'm trying.
2: I, I I'm can't. sure all fans are let us know if they can yeah. think of one. But okay,
1: number eight for now, I guess. Yeah,
2: number eight will be Tito Santana. That's Jericho slides sick. down to nine, which I really want Tito a little higher, but
1: ah! I can't rationalize. I know it. That's, that's. I, I don't if know if I can figure out uh, a real
2: reason. Like why he's like definitively better yeah. than Razor Ramon. Listen, you guys that were watching back then as kids, let us know. We're open to hear about it. I just think you know, that a lot honestly. of I think a lot of people who were our age when we were into Razor Ramon,
1: who were you know when Tito was the champion, right? I think they're gonna. I think they're just gonna recount the same kind of stories where it. Yeah, and it we'll just kind of to... comes down to the matches, and Razor I think just has the benefit of being ten years later. Yeah, and like, it's lot, like man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like it, it's 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 kind of bullshit, but <sighs> okay. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. So better than Chris Jericho. Yes, better than Tito Santana. Why?
2: I, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying why.
1: Uh, it, it's just a. It's just a more fully featured run. Honestly, Very it's, featured. it's like oh, Seriously. It's a plethora of opponents over a long period of time. Mul- yeah. mul- um, a lot of good matches, yeah, too. A bunch of good matches. Really? Um, just good stuff. Okay. That's just a... And and for all intents and purposes, yeah, I want to say this. Phrase. I know I know you You kept harping on like, oh, don't count the ladder match, the first it one. It doesn't count. I want to say one thing. <laughs> what? To me, that match... Represented Sean losing the title because he never
2: had a match to lose it. In.
1: If you, but I'm just saying, because because yeah, that, that was like the finality to like him, like okay, he's not the Intercontinental. I champion. know, but
2: like, but he wasn't the champion. He was. I'm sorry.
1: I know. He was Technically, but he I just I just always felt wasn't. like because they didn't have the chance to actually change it, it's like
2: <laughs> essentially what that was was Sean losing the title. I get the spirit of your point. It's just that his reign isn't counted. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm, we're just going by legal champions here. But he still has the other ladder match in his That's pocket. That's what I'm saying. He spare, got that. If you yeah, will. The spare ladder match. Yeah. Now, so, him versus Razor, I mean, both champions around the same time. Yeah.
1: Here's the weird thing about it is I always felt like Razor just seemed like the lesser Intercontinental Champion because it's kind of like he got it out of the mess that Shawn Michaels <laughs> made for himself in the backstage. It was kind of like, right. it's kind of Shawn's belt and Razor kind of took the ball when Shawn dropped it, but you know, like we're talking always about dropping it, balls, not kayfabe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just I know like, what you mean. It's just like he's kind of, he's almost like the intended Intercontinental Champion for part of 94. Right, like it's, right. it's a
2: little stupid. For Michaels, Quinn, mm-hmm. I can rattle off... Some really good matches that he had as the Intercontinental Champion. I'm going to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart Survivor Series '92. Mm-hmm. The Marty at Rumble is good. The Marty stuff. The both Marty matches he, right there. He dragged Tatanka to something good. You really did. It's yeah, not I, that uh, bad. I think it's a you know
1: th- it's barely like three. It, it just it just skims three. It's yeah. like it's just
2: barely there. But In a few years we'll be reviewing it on Patreon. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Crush no perfect pretty good not great but pretty good stuff. And then in '95, the freaking Jarrett thing is is really good too. Yep. And then in the Razor, mm-hmm. so I mean, he had a lot of high profile stuff, and probably stuff I'm missing too. Yeah. You know that I yep. just can't think of. Does that Trump Razor? I think it has to. He razors, has a couple good ones. Here's the
1: problem with the Razor run. This is the big problem. Is like it's kind of really 50-50. He's very even Stevens, but in in the bad way where it's like the other fifty percent stinks. I know, like it's just not anything.
2: Yeah, I'll put Sean above Razor. What about Mister
1: Perfect now? Mr. What are your Perfecto. thoughts? So, I just think Perfect's reign is so overrated. Like, I think, you it's, think like, it's overblown. It, to me, it's the most overblown on this list, other than Randy Savage's. Like, it's those really? two you are, think are the Savage's most. Savage is overblown. Well, Savage redeems himself because of a great fucking match. Perfect, he has a great match with Bret Hart to lose it once and for all, but. Overall, like I don't think that the match well, that match is enough to save it. Whereas Randy Savage has like the
2: literally the best intercontinental title match. Period. I don't know, but Perfect had good stuff with Tito in the summer of ninety. He had a good series of rematches with Carrie Von Eric. Mm-hmm. He had stuff with Piper on the house show circuit. The bossman thing should have been better. I don't know what happened there. That I should think, have been so much honestly, better. Honestly, it's funny because Sean, Sean also has a comparable thing where
1: it's like I he know. had some feuds where like they could have been better, but they just weren't because Crush and like and perfect, and perfect himself. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Just I don't know what the fuck he was out to lunch all of 1993.
2: Like it was terrible. He really wasn't good as a face, was he? Yeah, he was a great wrestler. He just wasn't as good as a face. So you think that Michaels can hot perfect? You really do? I mean, I'm yeah, not saying no, honestly, but I think I don't it's just know. a barely, and I think he's going to hit a wall at The Rock. Really, at The Rock, huh? Okay. The
1: Rock, we went through that, Joe. I still can't believe how good that run was, and it was just, like, right under the radar. Oh, all like, right. and, and honestly, The Rock, the whole Rock saying that he was the greatest Intercontinental Champion, it's he common. kind of had, like, some merit to say it yeah. at the time,
2: because it was like, man, this is some fucking good shit. So you think that you're dead set on uh, Michael's being above perfect. I mean, they're very comparable. I think it's like Michael's it's, more.
1: Oh, it's tough. I though. think this is just, again, a slip. Like, it's just like it could barely be any given Sunday kind of deal. But although Mr. Perfect, I, I'm i personally biased. I just think it's and this is nothing to do with being biased towards Shauna as much as I just think Mr. Perfect's reign in general
2: is poopy. Well, I mean, since we've been doing the rankings when you've done a, I'd say, a very admirable job of myth-busting some of these things that yeah. you know th- things that are held in high regard but you've c- done a very good job and i mean this at getting to the meat of it and like well this wasn't really as good but people remember it as good yeah and i'll give you that yeah the reason why i think
1: there's this vast gap right now right where between mr perfect it's a and vast Randy difference Savage, between you and me i'm just i'm just saying that there's this vast difference Those are very comparable intercontinental champions, Randy Seven, Mr. Perfect, where they're remembered as this great fucking thing. Right. And the runs are like, "Eh, whatever. George Steele and fucking. Yeah, right. Texas Tornado and all that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tornado and all this shit. Right, right, right. But I think that that gap is merited because of fucking Steamboat Savage. Like, it's just just that fucking good. It's, It's the best match in the history of the intercontinental title. Okay. You can't, like, dump on the rain
2: right but as far as perfect versus Michael's I I can go Michael's above perfect without a problem I think it's very slight
1: and I I hate to say it I really do I'm very impressed upon this analysis on the rocks rain I'm very impressed by it Well, let's
2: tell you one thing though about the rock yeah I'm gonna be Andre the giant now I'm gonna tell you one thing he has no good matches as a champion, except for uh, the latter match that he loses it in, and that's not even that great. But, but it's it, good. It's this emergence.
1: This every time he's getting better and he gets better. And the gets star better making it, reign. It's
2: very captivating. The run, like but it's cl- like it's
1: very like it's man, very wanna star what, making. I want to know what he's going to do next. Like you know what I mean? And and with Sean's run. Sean's fun. is just a list of good matches. Yeah, but, but Quinn
2: that made him as a, a star. I mean, the Intercontinental uh, yeah. title made okay, Sean maybe, Michaels.
1: Maybe I'm just trying to be too hard on Sean because I, I don't want to be. Same too thing biased. I did with Brett. But yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe that I'm, made Sean
2: Michaels made, as a single wrestler. Maybe wrestlers. I'm overstating
1: it. Maybe The Rock is another comparable. Whereas yeah, maybe I think Sean might slip I, ahead he of him might. just a little bit. See,
2: now I have to fucking defend Sean Michaels. I
1: mean, go. I defended Bret Hart, so give, give, give it to oh, me. Oh, God, give it's it a world
2: over here at OVP. Well, the thing about Michaels is he could have gone either direction in 92. Mm-hmm. He could have shit the bed. But the way they booked him and the way he carried himself in the ring as a really good wrestler, and I hate saying that, but as a really good wrestler in the 90s You think the in, match quality is what trumps The Rock? It's incredible, roster? and he also had arrogance and a good, like, kayfabe yep. arrogance mm-hmm. and probably real life. His promos weren't amazing. Though. He was
1: a guy in real life who He was hungry. He, he was hungry, yeah.
2: Right? Like and, Brett. And
1: ultimately, yes, that's why Brett and Sean rose to where they rose Correct. up to was because they were the only fucking people on the roster who right. wanted to do something different and, like, good yes. and wanted they wanted to be better than
2: the Hulk Hogan's and Randy right. Savage's of the world, and that's why they got where they got. And the reason that Michaels was able to get himself into a position to be such a hot commodity by 94, even, yeah. when and by that I mean... They featured him as Diesel's manager. He was all over everything. He wins the Royal Rumble 95. It's because he had proven himself as a reliable worker and a consistent personality for the past two, three years as an champion. And
1: I think uh, another thing, why do we consider people like The Rock so good and stuff, even though the matches kind of stink? I think it also has a lot to do with the quality of talent they were fighting. Shawn Michaels is Working with complete garbage for the most part, with like people mm. like Tatanka and like well Crush, cr- yeah, and like a I washed up Mister Perfect. And I like, wouldn't
2: call Janetti garbage though. No, he, a very good wrestler. Like that,
1: well, that's what makes the run great. It's just there's there's these sprinkled in people, but even with Janetti, right? That was like the last of him being good in his life and his career. Just, High profile. His anyway, career yeah. due to drugs just fell off the face of the earth. Right, So nobody fucking remembers who Marty Jannetty is. He, They're like, oh, that's Shawn Michaels' tag partner. But
2: don't sleep on Michaels and Jarrett, too, is right. another one in Michaels and Razor in SummerSlam 95. But Jarrett's another guy who pissed off
1: people higher up than him well, and yeah. then ended up in, like, dumpy promotions <laughs> for the rest of his career. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I know. The, the, I get it. I get the, it. I'm, I'm saying this is the kind of stuff where Shawn's run's weird because he, the matches he had good matches with are with people that are not as remembered
2: fair uh the rock did it again 98 though when the rock was champion it was not the era of tv matches it was all about the promos right. and the just, personality but
1: even though the matches weren't good the, the talent pool of like actual entertainers in the ring he was working with were just stellar so another compliment to triple h from michael quinn this week i'm just saying I, I, these are all people that went on to do big things that were mixed up with The Rock. They I agree with you. He did
2: with Austin well,
1: during his Intercontinental He run.
2: did. And yep. another thing that The Rock and Michaels have in common is that shortly after losing their IC titles, much in the vein of Savage and Bret Hart and Warrior, is that they went on to be the world champion. Right. I think Michaels, when it comes to Michaels versus The Rock, I actually am very torn. Uh, See, I thought you were going to fight. I thought that you were feeling that he was a
1: little bit better. I'm thinking,
2: I know, but I'm saying like, uh, I'm thinking about it now. It was star making for both of them. Right. The matches though, Michael's got them on. Does it come? I hate when it comes down to the matches because I
1: feel like it's such a cheap way. But they are wrestlers and they wrestle in the wrestling ring. I just want to make it, make it accurate here. It's just because they're so comparable. Michael's that it's has, like it comes yeah. down to the, the match quality is what, what That's edges the, it out. Exactly. Because it, it's a, it's an all-encompassing thing is what we Correct. always say. And so well, it's like if, you got it, like if you're getting equal in all the other places, right. if there's this one place that puts one guy ahead and the, right. the other guy is vastly like, right. no, it's like it's shittier.
2: The thing they have in common is that it was a star-making run for right. both of them. The thing they have in common is it was able to elevate them, Michael's 95, you know, The Rock 98, to the world title scene. The Rock's
1: got the advantage of the talent advantage. And The Rock's got the with.
2: promo advantage, obviously, but right. Michael's has the wrestling advantage, and I think that's more important when it comes to watching Just wrestling. this belt. In this specific but, yeah. belt. Okay. Or I'm now, actually going to put him above The Rock. I can't now, believe I'm doing this. Now, I love
1: Sean, but the honky-tonk man thing, it's like, yeah, it's so like quintessential
2: to the belt. Like it, It's necessary for it, the belt, You need Quinn. a
1: guy like this... Sean, part of his run is playing the honky tonk.
2: Yeah, his '93 like, first run was.
1: And and just just the fact that we're saying that about the honky tonk man kind of makes it. Yeah, I well, know. he's got that. That means something, right? I mean, it, it, he's established Don't. like a. That there's, that there a trope. It's a trope. Like, well, the, but it's a trope, but it's establishing that there's not just one trope in the intercontinental division. There's, yeah, there's yeah. A, a couple. There's the worker versus the, the guy who gets the worker belt and then runs away with it and doesn't. You know what right. I mean?
2: And, and that can work. And Michaels was like a combination of the worker and the honky tonk man. It's right. weird. Yeah. The Rock played honky tonk man also, for the record, in 98. A
1: lot of these. Uh, Randy Savage, in his own way, played the honky tonk. Pre honky tonk. Yeah, Pre honky tonk, but I mean, he did kind of Jazz the same stuff. Jazz <laughs> man. You know, <laughs> Before honky the, bad. Brett and the warrior are the big unique like standout like that Yeah, and you know, per like, and per uh, perfect
2: wasn't honky-ish.
1: Sometimes he'd run away. All right. Razor wasn't but, You know, Honky-ish. he had Brain out there always saying, hey, run away,
2: run away, don't, you know. So you think based on the magnitude of Honky and how yeah. important it was that he was the champion, that's what'll trump him over Michaels? Yeah, I think it's just a historical aspect situation. I hate situation. to do that. I feel like Michaels might be better, but I can't think of reasons yeah, but why. He,
1: I'll tell you a reason already why he, the fact that you think Michaels is better is probably because Honky's such a good fucking heel and you hate him so much.
2: Yeah. The fact that he was
1: able to just do that, they just that that happening just now. Well, what about
2: the fact that it didn't
1: wasn't a story? Star- well, you don't want it yeah. to. You just you're so
2: yeah. You're right. You're
1: still you can't. Was so I have to good keep you it. in check with that yeah, because do. it's like that's like literally what he was
2: aiming to do. He, he was making
1: it. you. He was aiming to make you believe that he wasn't
2: deserving. Right. Like that was like the point. That was the point. Michael's you can see is deserving.
1: Right. Right? Yeah.
2: And Michaels was damn good. I mean, number five is really that's why good. They, that's why they couldn't do that forever
1: with Sean playing the chicken shit. Because how the fuck do you do yeah. that when the guy is such a good worker? That's like, the thing.
2: Exactly. They, like, tried it. Right. They, <laughs> th- th- it didn't work. Yeah. And Sean honestly didn't have the promo ability in 93 to pull that character off. Right. He was like, I got news for you. That's, like, all he ever said. God's was, green earth. Yeah. I got news for you guys. Have, Sean Michaels is the best, you know, blah, blah. So we're going to leave him at five. I think this is a great list, okay. honestly. I'm, I'm fine with it, Quinn. I, I won't object to it, so we're finalizing the rankings, folks. <laughs> okay, let's lock it in. I'm going to lock it in, and then, you know what? Before we even lock it in, okay. before we read them, mm-hmm. you probably want to know, folks, who didn't make it. So I'm going to uh, tell yes. you. I'm going to give you the next f- three names, because they're the only ones with comparable votes Okay, that didn't make it. Greg Valentine. Oh, interesting. Just missed it by one uh, vote. That makes sense about... Tito, you know, yep, everything. You know who else just missed it, also by one vote? What? The Miz,
1: really? He really did. Listen, I'll say this about the Miz: I think underrated. When he, when man. he retires, oh, God, that is a Hall of Fame performer. It um, is. I hate and, to and say nobody it wants to is. admit it, but it's like he is this fucking guy. <laughs> yep. Like if you whatever you give him, he can work with it. Like I, I can't. He's fantastic. I really got to hand it to him. He's one of the most. He's one of the best modern day workers workers, who's, workers like kind of underappreciated like he really he just he's good at what he does really like and I don't know him. how else to explain he can pull out a five star match if he needs to and and his dad is awesome
2: yeah his, this is his dad
1: but that's the other thing there's, there's this whole minutia around he's him good. of like this weird little yeah. like details about him Man. he does this tv show now with his wife and i yep. kind of like like that because it plays in he works it into the hollywood Miz character yeah, exactly. like it's like it all just Mm, there's something about one day there's got to be this like underappreciated thing we talk about yeah like he is just one of those guys he
2: really is one of those guys if anyone's won me over the last five years the it's unbelievable
1: and you know what's great about that too the fact that you hated him at the beginning in a way where it's like wow that feels very honky-tonk
2: man-ish like you got it yeah like (laughs) you got it quinn and then the other guy that didn't make it two more guys that had they they missed it by like seven votes but names that i know people want to hear Don Morocco, in case you were wondering, I can't believe that he, he wasn't get, higher. He I, didn't I, get votes. I, that's unbelievable to me. Jeff Jarrett, why? I don't
1: know. That, that, that should be Horrible. nowhere near this list. And
2: right behind them, Rick Rude. Which Interesting. He eh. wasn't a good reign though. I think people. It's very memorable though it's because memorable. It, it's
1: part of the number one champion yeah. on this
2: list. So and uh, a bunch of other people just got like a couple of votes each, so they're not worth mentioning. So how about that, folks? The Ultimate Warrior at number one. Huh? Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior at number one. As we finalize this with the formal music here. Like Quinn said, the warrior somehow came above like he said he would in the opening promo. The you know? ultimate intercontinental champion. Bret Hart, very, very good very at number two. I'll get
1: it to him. I no. mean, he, he, to me, he's like the top worker champion Oh, absolutely, guy. yeah. It only makes sense that he's two. Yeah. Number three, Randy Savage, great. Great. Um, Working, making a big thing out of like nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he, he really did that. He it's really a, did.
2: another guy that did that is the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man, not a good match to be found, but man, <laughs> was he good at being a champion. Champion. Right, number five, Shawn Michaels, very Interesting. good. Yeah, number s- number six, The Rock, very very I'm happy about very, that. Very
1: like, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he like maintained
2: yeah, good, generally. Like, Shawn was the only person to knock him down for like a long time. That's it. You're right. Uh, number seven, Mr. Perfect, still not that bad, really for him. Yeah, all things considered. All things considered, I mean, look at the run. Yep. Sorry, number eight, Razor Ramon. Yep. number I, I, very deserving. By number but eight's I, fine. I, for I know him. we talked a lot about against Razor for this week, but out of very, all the champions. Yeah, I mean, hey. very deserving, and his not his '80s counterpart, Tito Santana, at Super number nine, underrated. Yep, and fucking Chris Jericho, participation award. Can man. we have Morocco? Or I know, like it's so annoying.
1: It's like he's just eating up
2: the spot. <laughs> well, folks, when we come back, we're going to be eating up some wrestling at the Chase. Let's find out what that's all about. That's going to be coming up right after this.
0: Doctor Melonesi told me that the operation was a success. The, the, the cartilage tear was wor- a little worse than what they expected what they had assumed zoom before but it's all taken care of and, and you can bet your butt Greg Valentine I will get better and I will come after you and payback's gonna be hell Arriba
1: Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and
2: you're listening to the OVP Podcast. Nobody even listens to this shit, so go fuck yourself and roll tight, motherfucker. Run your Google machine. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 139, and we're about to review something very poor. But before we get to that, we... You <laughs> notice it's so poor that I didn't even go like,
1: 139! Oh, yeah, like, thank yeah, you it's like I didn't even
2: like, care. like, it's like yeah, whatever. You're still waking up from it. But yeah. uh, before that, wake up and listen to these friends of the show, folks, because we have three podcasts that we want to shout out for you that also cover the wrestling in a similar but different way that we do. Start with the wrestling podcast about nothing. So that's about nothing, right? Yeah, it's about nothing or wrestling, I suppose. Pose. Or their name. Their name really needs improvement, let's just say it. But it's should, like... we, should we
1: make names up for that, like how <laughs> yeah. we do the
2: Wine City Whale? Well or Yeah, all that? you know what? Let's have a renamed WPAN contest. <laughs> because, I don't know, guys. But... Real good plug here, <laughs> folks. No, but check them out for real, okay? They are good. They really are. It's hosted by a wrestler and a guy that used to referee, but like he, he really doesn't anymore. He pretends that he still does. Yeah. His name is Mike Crockett. There's a lot of kayfabe <laughs> yeah. going on with his ref He, doesn't, he doesn't really ref anymore, yeah. but Mike Crockett and one half of The Bouncer's Brian Malonis. He actually has a podcast, Quinn. The Wine City, the Wine Whaler. City Whaler, yeah
1: That's the name we really thought up. One day we'll be famous. The merchandising will come in. Yep, um, All those Wine City Whaler shirts uh, sure. really, they're going to prop up this podcast.
2: And we'll get our cut of the uh, the loot the way Albert Patterson's trying to do with right. superstars. Or like,
1: Remember that time like Hulk Hogan didn't want to give somebody a cut and burn or you something? You mean any Yeah. So
2: anyway, check this show out. It's uh, We're doing a great job putting them over. Check oh, it out. great. Check it out. It's really good they host the show and they talk about old wrestling and sometimes newer stuff but they've also worked in the business the so, you, so you get some like insight to how that all works again the wrestling podcast about nothing check it out WPAN also check out a one man show Quinn it's only one but man. it's not just
1: any man it's the man It's the man not not Becky Lynch sorry <laughs> wrong man
2: no 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 but it is the last kicker Pete Winston yes oh that's a good name for him <laughs> you know, the last kicker Pete Winston and uh, you can check out greetings from Allentown hosted by Petey Winston it's a great show because he'll take an old episode of wrestling one single episode mm-hmm. instead of cramming it all into a half hour the way we do in re- review he stretches it out the entire oh, show he milks it if he, you will so much milk and then he drinks that milk yes. and you can check out greetings from allentown legitimately a very good show about retro wrestling and it's Pete, good i enjoy it Pete's a very quirky and humorous individual and then check out our Southern Fried Brethren. That's right. If you like your ratchel wrestling with a big old scoop of gravy, check out mm. Booking the Territory. They're very unprofessional
1: over there. They, yeah. By their own, they, yeah. they admit it themselves. It's so. the
2: unprofessional it's wrestling podcast. Unprofes- now, I
1: heard. Yeah, what um, did you hear? I heard some news that the Booking the Territory podcast, somebody held a sign up at some pay-per-view yeah, or something. That's you right. see that yeah, shit?
2: see, Mike Mills and his crew, they're getting over over wow. there. You know, Booking the Territory. Wow, even the fans of crappy WE <laughs> yeah. are,
1: are really into oh, it. Yeah. yeah Yeah. Yeah,
2: but check it out if you like your old school southern wrestling we're talking to smoking out in your nwa that type of stuff yeah that kind of thing they do that and they are very classy and the unprofessional wrestling podcast so again the three friends of the show. We got the wrestling podcast about nothing. Give them a new name. We got greetings from Allentown. The critically acclaimed. <laughs> very critically um, acclaimed. Very humorous. The last kicker, the last Pete kicker Winston. Pete, Pete Winston, yes. <laughs> and booking the territory with They're Mike Mills. They're just good. They're just very good. And coleslaw also. And uh, coleslaw, yeah. And barbecue sauce. Okay. Jim Barbecue. Jim Barbecue. Now, we, uh, we're we reviewing something, folks, as we often do, as we've been doing for well over 120 episodes now. Almost years. Yeah. 120 years. <laughs> Seriously. We've done wrestling at the Chase before, you know, the St. Louis Wrestling Club. We did yeah, that. It was a, fine. It's a club of wrestling. Yeah, um, secret club. It's, it's not in a, a deck of cards or anything. No, but, but they have a sandwich named after it, you know, yeah. the club sandwich.
1: Yes. They, they got a lot of things going for them at the
2: Chase or whatever yeah. this is. Yeah. And that was St. Louis's promotion. Now, the wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis, you know, the old Sam Muchnik promotion there. This That sh- is such a salty name. Sam Mushnick Sam Mushnick Spit it out Like it's like Right after I said it Sam Bisquick Yeah And this was on from 1959 this show Good lord Until September of 1983 And it was My parents were just Being born Yeah that's right Alaska and Hawaii Were just becoming states Yeah that's good, how old... Good lord. <laughs> but men, anyway. were, men were just going into space girls like, for were, the first time. Girls were girls and men were men. Girls just wanted to have fun. Yeah, uh, by 83 when this came out, yeah, you know? That's what it spanned, there's okay? There's really a lot of things that... um, Jagger
1: Hoover. Hoover was still around. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of things that the, the wrestling at the chase... Uh, Covered. It's right. The, maybe not
2: directly, but they existed when it was happening. That's correct. But it was canceled by its uh, station in September of 1983. Well, that was nice of them. That would be <laughs> <laughs> that would be KPLR, uh, the local station uh, that aired it. Now, if you also know anything about the uh, early 80s and one Vincent McMahon Jr., yes, he had a habit, I guess, uh, a hobby yeah. of going in and scooping up time slots from a uh, local wrestling territories, but not just scooping up
1: time slots. Scooping up time slots. And then taping a bunch of, like, the worst <laughs> shit. Like, almost just to, like, stomp them into submission, right. like, their fan base. It's right. just like, it's like, no, you don't get the good stuff first. Fuck you. Here's <laughs> Big John Stud doing nothing. Right. Like, it's like, Which Ugh. is a,
2: fi- a fixture on all of the takeover shows. Like, yeah. Black Saturday, yeah. I think, has him doing nothing. Yeah. It's like, why do they do this?
1: Why would anybody want to watch this if they do this shit?
2: Like, it's so annoying. So Vince did cut a deal, though, Quinn, with this same station, to air the WWF Wrestling at the Chase. and they, <laughs> It's just them at the Chase. Like It's just it's they're like, they replacing Sam Mushnick people. <laughs> so they did a, a handful of tapings there. What, like five like, episodes and they filmed them all at once probably? Yeah, they did a few. They did a a couple in December and January of 83-84. And then they returned there again in September of 84 for one taping. In the meantime, their Wrestling at the Chase stuff shifted to the keel auditorium the much larger uh, right. arena did they retain how long did they retain the name wrestling at the chase before they were just like this is fucking superstars that's something? a great point October of 1984 and that was it so we're talking oh, okay. under that's, a year that's okay you, well that's just like what they did with the Crockett yeah. thing so. and at that point the WWF they had the time slot still with the station and of course they just dropped in their own syndicated program which they should have done in the first place with, why didn't they right? just put championship <laughs> yeah. on yeah. Championship. sticks this <laughs> this sticks <laughs> like it's horrible it, it does. It really sticks with you how bad it is, Quinn. Uh, because I watched this uh, the other day, and it's still like, oh, uh, the radio, yeah. the radiation waves of boring are going through me. So, folks, how do we, how do we phrase this, Quinn?
1: It's not the kind of stinks that's funny as much as just like a snooze fest. Yeah, it's not gill bad.
2: Yeah, phrase- it's, <laughs> it's not doc. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's not that doc. Shit. But it is, uh, it is unique, and this was actually semi your request because you wanted to do. Quinn wanted to do a unique WF thing from the '80s. Wasn't that your terminology? Right. Like, like-
1: a, basically how we have all these weird Todd shows. Right, right. I was like, is there more like equivalents to that in the right. '80s? And this is more just like takeover stuff. Like this is just like yeah. shitty business. Right. Essentially,
2: <laughs> the shitty business. This,
1: to me, this is like the. We need to step in there and assert our authority over the time. Essentially, slot. like, we're here now. Yeah, fuck you, fuck Mushnick, you. <laughs> who I, he doesn't even have a company, so why even screw him over? But whatever.
2: <laughs> all right, so
1: you want to get into it now once and for all? Like, oh. it's, a, it's Wrestling at the Chase, Uh, one fifteen
2: eighty four. 84 Yes, that's, that's the right. Date. Uh, January, January, the 15th. January 15th, if you don't know that terminology. So this would be eight days this aired before the infamous, or I guess famous, really, Hulk Hogan versus Iron Sheet What was that, match. on the 24th or something? 20 Twenty third, twenty third January. Yep. Wow, eight
1: days from now. yeah. And there's something that happens in this that I literally had to look up the exact date Hogan won because I was like, why? Like what? Yeah, like, when he? You'll see.
2: And the first thing I also want to mention here, just so we're very clear, it aired on January fifteenth, eighty four. It was taped December twenty seventh, eighty three. Just so we're clear, all of the things you're seeing are actually from nineteen eighty three.
1: And are so is this would have. Hogan had made that Backland save already.
2: No, on, that was the like, championship. I think that was January 1st. I mean, I think it happened already, but I don't think it. Right. It didn't air. It didn't air when this was taped, if that makes okay. sense. You it's, know what I mean? Chase taping. You got the Allentown yeah. and the hamburger. Yeah, hamburger. And all that shit. So
1: there's a lot of taping going on.
2: So our opening features Hulk Hogan executing a leg drop while a very proud Victory Magazine banner hangs in the background. Yeah, with Cab by Genesis playing, so it's like,
1: okay, we got good music. Good
2: music, at least, Vince. Uh, Vince and Mean Gene Okerlund welcome us from directly in front of the ring. The lighting for this looks like a hotel. I don't understand. Well, maybe it is. Let's find out, Quinn. What? Yeah, maybe. I don't (laughs) understand. Why would they do that? Well, let's find out, Quinn. Now, Mean Gene, who is actually debuting here is called The Voice of Pro Wrestling by Vince McMahon.
0: Welcome to Wrestling at the Chase here at ringside. This is Vince McMahon along with the
1: voice of pro wrestling, Mr. Gene Okerlund. Were they not told that Gene is an interviewer? Yeah. Why is he doing this? I don't know. He's why a- did they do like this? Is like a, a signature of early Gene. It's like yeah, just throw him on commentary. He it's stinks. like not even his
2: job. He's bad at it. He I never know. did
1: it. Like what are they?
2: Why would you do that? Did He do it for AWA sometimes. Maybe as a fill-in. Maybe. But if like, you guys know, let us know. But he wasn't was the voice not of his AWA.
1: Primary like no thing. He was the backstage guy, and there's a reason for that. I don't that. know why they were trying to like retcon that when he came in. I don't know.
2: Vince's hair is really crappy by the way. It's and like it's all stinky, flat and matted. Yeah. Uh, we're promised a videotape of Jimmy Snooker later oh, on. <laughs> but we go to break first and we get a clip of George Weber from Chevrolet Weber and he's very happy he went to announce his big winter sale. He's like the principal Skinner of car
1: salesmen <laughs> Where did honestly that come from I don't know like I think I was watching something about the Simpsons before this and I
2: was just like wow this guy Reminds and Principal Skinner. You can get a Chevy. <laughs> so, <laughs> we cut away from this to a promo for the Big Keel Auditorium show, which is narrated by Gene. Get used to that ad. Yeah, happens a lot. It's Friday, February the 10th, and tickets are $5, $6, $7, or $8. Whoa. Yeah, reasonable prices, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, what a narrow but range. also, they're, I think they're really trying to uh, fill this place up because... Yeah, because it's not much Nick anymore. It's not you know, People are like, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would, Oh, it's only $5? Okay. Yeah, let's just go for yeah. it. Got Hulk Hogan taking on mass Superstar. That's Axe. Yeah. Yep, you oh, his eyes w- are closed, he can't help
1: <laughs> He's here already? Yeah, he's there. He? How long was he in WF?
2: Ever? He's always there. Sometimes. Good lord! Why uh, did we not
1: see him in '82? I
2: don't know. He's not there yet. Uh, Mr. Fudgy versus Jimmy Schnuka,
1: which Gene pronounces Snuka for <laughs> some reason. He keeps saying, and somebody else says that too, like in a in the other thing later.
2: Don't forget, Quinn. Gene's the voice of pro wrestling. Yeah, okay? Snuka. The mispronunciation. Because that, that's voice. what I call him all yeah, the time. Yeah, we all do. What is he? Steve Allen. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the promo video under Gene is like literally the opening video package did you notice that yeah it's just that playing with gene being like it's gonna be here (laughs)
1: that's basically what it is what a package
2: and unfortunately, now a Pizza Hut commercial is sadly cut off, so we go to ringside where a very boring ring announcer introduces Jimmy Jackson, whoever that is, to mild booze.
1: Again, what in the ass is this place? It's like a tinier Trump dump plaza. But like it kind of is, it's right? It's like dumpier it's really than that dumpy, dump? yeah. It's
2: horrible! Why? What is this? It's the chase, man. It
1: stinks! I don't like it.
2: So Jimmy's opponent enters, and it's Dr. D, David Schultz. That's someone we don't get to see too often. And yeah, John Stossel's greatest me. you true.
1: think that's fake
2: yeah. that's an open hand slap
0: i think this is fake you think it's fake what's that is that fake huh what the hell's wrong with you that's open hand slap huh you think it's fake huh? what do you mean
1: I think he's not a professional, and I don't think he should have ever been here. (laughs) Like, every time I look back at the Stossel thing, I'm always like, it's funny, but at the same time... You're on John Stossel's side? I am because... This show is over. (laughs) No, there's the the one thing here. I understand that Stossel was doing, like, an investigative report. He was being an
2: investigative asswipe about it
1: I, I, understand, I think it's fake but here's the problem <laughs> is that vince is trying to like establish a really family-friendly um mainstream organization you yes, can't he have was. this fucking idiot going around
2: slapping news reporters there's a pretty big theory though that vince instructed him to do this and then vince also wanted a reason wanted to get rid Stossel? of him yeah i think vince got the best of both worlds because he got to get slapped, and he also got to get rid of Doctor D. He wanted to get rid of both. Yeah, essentially, there's that's a theory. That's just <laughs> a theory. Uh, the hard camera on this Quinn is way too far away from the ring for my liking. I just got to say. Oh, I I right? noted that too. It's really horrible. And most of the time they have
1: this weird like corner view the whole time. Yeah, I don't like the corner view. But they're just I think because the main
2: camera stinks so bad. It's just bad. <laughs> I think that's why uh, Vince calls uh, Doctor D a tough ombre mm-hmm. as he wants a handshake to start, and it's actually a clean handshake, a lock up, and a side two play by Schultz and a body slam for two. Vince himself sounds great on commentary, Quinn. But, of course, Gene has to butt in with his own play-by-play. At one point, they even say front face lock at the same time. Like, Vince should have been like, ha, Jinx, you're fired. Got with a body
0: slam, already Schultz quick to try for the pin. As he maneuvers. Jimmy Jackson arrived. Superstars of wrestling. Front face lock. We we said that one together, Vince.
2: Gene okay. stepping
1: all over I him. I need to talk about this. Go ahead. Because you know, you before I even watched this, you said you talked about this. I don't like when this happens. <laughs> and honestly, you like don't need to. Honestly, I'm gonna put it to you this way. This what? is how I felt because I, I I tried to listen for it, right? And does it all the time. It, no, to me I didn't hear it that often. Like I it was like maybe
2: once in a while, but it wasn't like it wasn't as like ridiculous no, as like you're saying. Like, it happens all the time. I don't like it. Gorilla Monsoon did the same thing when he was on color. <laughs> they need to stop when they did they need to sit I there. I don't know why this bothers because you because it's not their job. They're it's so
1: to- like random when it happens though. It's not even like it's not like every move. It's not like they're literally calling it like simultaneously or anything.
2: Jackson wiggles free, but Doctor D regains control here. As the crowd is busy yelling and drinking yeah, or something. Doing anything other yeah. than watching this. Yeah. Gene brings up how Dr. D was a household word That's in w- in, Just, West- no. in Western Canada, though. Just stop. Dr. D. Uh,
1: All I heard Gene say at this point was like something about Canada and I literally like tuned out when he said that. I was like, what, What? who cares? Well, you probably
2: tuned him out calling more wrestling moves, too. Maybe I did. <laughs> Back up in Jackson with some punches to no effect and Schultz pounds away with forearms. This is boring and the crowd agrees. Dr. D is being a very boring
1: Heel here. I barely even care. Like, I'm not mad at his boringness. I'm just like indifferent. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like why he's failing at being a <laughs> yeah. heel. It's like, no, I should be like pissed. But he's just boring. He's just like, I meanwhile, I'm just like, I'm like looking on the internet, yeah. like just fucking around. Like, right, you know, right. whatever. Like, I know. If, I, if it was the 80s, I'd be reading a newspaper on the side. The evening newspaper? Yeah, whatever, the, maybe the evening edition. I have a question. Back in, like, 84, do you think people are, still got each edition delivered to their house, like, even in the 80s?
2: In the early 80s, I'd say. Hmm. you interesting. If you were an evening newspaper family, you let us know here on OVP, okay? Right. <laughs> Spinning Neck Breaker is called some kind of a move indeed by a play-by-play expert Mean Gene Close mm-hmm. Clothesline by Schultz gets two as he pulls Jackson up. A few ramps of the turnbuckle by Schultz. Snapmare gets two. Side back breaker by Dr. D, a big body slam, and then he lands a diving elbow from the second rope as Gene unnecessarily says, Katie, bar the door. I heard that too, and that, that's, was like, that was weird. That's what you say when it's a pier-six brawl in a tag match, right. not when someone I, does a move off the top I, rope. I, I, I swear he had like a headlock on him
1: when I said <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding.
2: Reverse pile drive gets the win for Dr. D. Gene calls it a Southern pile driver because he shouldn't be doing commentary ever. Uh, and then he also <laughs> so sa- mad, Joe. Then he also says Jimmy Johnson for the same reasons I just noted that he should never be doing commentary ever. I personally thought Dr. D was the offender here, not me, Gene. But okay, they were both bad. We clipped our next match here as a very red <laughs> windbreaker. Dennis Stamp is booked. Dennis <laughs> Stamp is booked, everybody. That's right. I don't like him here. But Quinn, his opponent, Ivan Putzky.
1: Decent reaction for the puts. Not <laughs> not great, but, you know, he's probably still undefeated somehow. <laughs>
2: yeah. like, he never loses. <laughs> for those of you uh, that don't watch the 82s or maybe haven't caught up with any of them, Quinn has this long-running... Um, kayfabe, but it's probably... It's probably (laughs) mostly true. That Putsky never loses, and truthfully on TV we've yet to see him lose. I've never seen him lose a match ever. I'm sure he does lose, And he don't lose this match. No, he doesn't. Especially to Dennis Dennis Stamp. Stamp. You know he's
1: not going to lose. That's why this match goes on for a while, Joe, but it's like... At the same time, I'm just like, just get on with it. because Yeah, just you know, get on with it, right? Yeah, it's like, we know. <laughs> we know.
2: We've been watching since 82. We understand. So Stamp has no knee pads on and he attacks Putsky from behind, but Putsky calmly puts on a side headlock and punches away to the noggin. Stamp here looks like your dad's friend after a few too many bud dries. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just that yeah. that very. I bud dry that, Remember that
1: one time we had that? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's it horrible. Oh Somebody God. ordered a lot of it, too. That's 30 like, pack. It took me like a week to get through that because they left it at our house. You good. remember? Yeah,
2: like, it was good story okay. though. i didn't like it though. made a big deal out of getting bud dry and yeah. never again i
1: just remember we hated it so much yeah.
2: usually we would just go through beer <laughs> yeah, in those days like right. that
1: i remember lasting way too long yeah. in our house
2: that was about 10 years ago or yeah. something right yeah. Uh, we're still playing around with the side headlock here as Putzky is in full fuzzy hair mode, which I never appreciate. Mm. <laughs> At least he he's the same as always, no
1: degradation that I can see. True. Just the same old like eighty two putzky. Yeah. It's not like bad. He's not
2: old yet, you know. Yeah, it's like actually he something. seems like
1: a reputable person on this roster. Yeah, I uh, guess honestly, so. he's
2: not treated like a joke or no, anything. He never really was, right? Yeah. he was always treated pretty well. Uh, Stamp tries a corner whip, but can't move the Polish one, and Putski tosses him outside to the hardwood dance floor or whatever it is. Did you see that? Yeah, well, it's, I saw like a carpet or rug de- out there beside it. Yes, yeah, okay. I think it's a dance floor in the middle of the hotel. Maybe it is. Yeah, ballroom or I whatever. I the the seventies rug on the outside, like <laughs> on the each part of the apron. It's yeah, bad. It's yeah. bad. Uh, Gene makes sure to point out that <laughs> that there's cables that are used for this TV telecast. Why? Did <laughs> Get all
1: excited about the wires. The I'm place. glad you caught that. Yeah, too <laughs> it bothered me because I, I He was like, he was like, well, that's used in a uh, television broadcast no to shit. get this to you. You could see Sam crawled out on that
0: some of the cables for this special telecast for the superstars of wrestling.
2: Uh, there's a reason, though, that they stopped putting a headset on Mean Gene after a couple years, Quinn, because yeah. he just, he's horrible this is, here on you commentary. You know what,
1: the thing is, I want to say this about Mean Gene. Mm-hmm. I just Go don't ahead. think this is, I don't think it's a reason to get on him. I just don't I do. think this is his forte. And it's I think not. This is honestly Vince McMahon's fault for like, listen you hire someone like you know what they're good at and use them at what they're good at you don't just throw them into like something they're not they're, he's they not that do. good at it yeah. yeah
2: I mean he does do it in AWA but only sometimes cause right mainly he, wasn't a Rod Trongard yeah in AWA no
1: Gene is a backstage yeah, I know he always has that's been. what he's good at and they too. do it later and he's awesome
2: yeah he's normal mean Gene right, right. on commentary though he's Ugh, just it's so frustrating dirty. how
1: do you not like how do you get mean Gene and you don't like understand
2: that <laughs> I don't know Quinn uh stamp um stamp Around outside before getting back in the ring. He looks like such a dork. He really does. Like, he he? really
1: is shitty. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't want him here. Get him out of here. Just can Putsky get rid of him already? It's taking forever.
2: Well, Putsky here rams him back in the dick with his ass. And I'm not kidding. And the crowd whistles at that. Full Nelson by stamp. Fingers are locked, but Putsky escapes anyway. Gorilla would be astonished, Quinn, that someone escaped a full Nelson while the fingers were locked. (laughs) Bigger <laughs> yeah, yeah, He would be having a cow. Yeah. Uh, sharp with a shot to the windpipe here, as Gene says, our vantage point. I, I <laughs> definitely caught that. Yeah. Remember, I told you recently, like, anytime that's. Yeah, like, just, it, But boom.
1: In this case, he said our vantage point. Our, he didn't just say vantage point. Right? Our vantage he point. He said the whole name, so you might as well just replace
2: Gorilla with that right there. I don't think so. We need Gorilla, don't we? I don't know. Putzky pierogies up, so Stamp leaves the ring. The stamp looks like total shit. Horrible. Yeah, he comes back in and then runs back out again. Stamp back in again, and Putsky puts up his dukes, as both men are now just literally walking around staring at each other.
1: Okay, please end this. Like, I I know I've said it like two or three, but come
2: on! This is <laughs> ridiculous! Stamp keeps trying to hide behind the ref as Gene references John L. Sullivan. Who? Which is the real name of Johnny V, and no, I don't know why he referenced Stamp acting like John L. Sullivan and not, didn't just say Johnny V. I didn't
1: even catch that. Yeah, I know. was
2: more just like falling asleep, <laughs> honestly. But Side so headlock my Stamp as this match continues to just be horrible the show, Joe. It's so long. <laughs> Putzky. whacks Stamp again, so he bells for the 18th
1: time. And the Fans are getting tired of this crap. Stamp is just dragging this shit down, too. Because there's part of this that makes me feel like Stamp was trying to kind of go into business for himself. Yeah, get Make, booked. Yeah, get booked. And put shit. his stamp on this. Yeah, put his stamp on this shit. Meanwhile, like, you can tell putsky every time is, like, almost trying to, like, just do the yeah. fucking, like, a Polish hammer and just get the fuck out of here. Right, go drink like, his beer. It's just so annoying. Like, it's just really irritating. I know
2: where sh- Stamp should have gone.
1: Stampede You should have fucking gone to the post office and, <laughs> and just stood around there and stalled in that place. You can just stall in a post office all you want. They, they take fucking forever. And they got there. stamps.
2: Yeah. Back in another punch and stamp bails again. Who booked this? Jackie Fargo? Like, what uh, is this? So bad. Back in again and Pussy swings away with rights. Irish whip, Polish hammer Finally. and that's all she wrote, you know? The crowd is happy because it's over. I know. This was an absolute piece of garbage. Of course, uh, Pussy snatches the mic to yell, Polish power! Yeah, you damn right. <laughs> that, to me,
1: that's like a celebratory, like, thank god this is yeah, over really? polish power <laughs> people pop for it too yeah, they're, they're like, like yeah, yeah good it's
2: Fuck over that guy like he stinks <laughs> so we're told that this match was seven minutes and 38 seconds oh, more like 10 minutes <sighs> and 38 seconds which is about five minutes and 38 seconds too long for what they were doing honestly uh gene calls this show the superstars of wrestling which it's not but it's okay uh we go to break and come back to another local show this time it's uh for tomorrow at the same place Please show up to the chase dump yep, basically like that's what it's saying essentially as Gene inexplicably calls this the worldwide wrestling federation I didn't catch that I guess because the ads I wasn't paying as much yeah. attention to but glad you pay all this attention yeah. to these shows yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. well yeah, I mean I, I, I noticed other things like the 70s rug yeah I know
0: this Monday night January the 16th of the worldwide wrestling federation
1: and then he it's says, so boring it's really hard to pay it's really hard for me to focus on this shit and then he says we're gonna get to see Andre the French no, giant I did hear that and i thought that was really funny
2: you're gonna be seeing andre the french giant what is is Gian stuck in 1974 here? John L. Sullivan, Worldwide Wrestling so, Federation. I actually
1: have a theory about this. I think this is Gene just... Gian stinks here? No, I think that he's like brand new, right? This is like his, one of his first shows. One of his, Yeah, his first I, taping. I think a lot of these things he's saying are ways that Vern and friends would refer to them as. Like it's, Andre the French Giant. He Wasn't he called that in the 70s or something? The early 70s, right? right? <laughs> and also Briefly. the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That's so just like, it sounds like the vernacular of people who worked at AWA. It's like, right. They probably right. just didn't even give a fuck that they shortened the name. They just always called it that.
2: Minnetonka vernacular. Yeah.
1: To me, it sounds like Gene's just not like... It takes him a couple weeks. He yeah. he very quickly gets oh, good. I know. So I'm wondering if it's just like it's one of those like first show he's still kind of remembering things that how they would say in the locker room right, at AWA right. like they'd call them the Worldwide Wrestling Federation
2: and I, stuff. I mean to be fair, Andre called it that forever. Yeah, <laughs> the world. Well, blah, he blah. didn't even change. Yeah, he never changed. Yeah. Uh, various commercials here get cut off as we come back to what looks to be a championship wrestling taping. Uh, yep. We have Jim Barbecue. And- oh, so it's definitely <laughs> yeah. that. yeah. He's introducing Eddie Carson, who we know from 1982. Okay, I, I was going to asked- say this. Joe yeah. and I think I maybe had noted
1: it later in the match you but did. I swore I this is not we his just first saw him. appearance no we just saw yeah, him on Jim, the last 82 Jim we watched. Jim gives that uh, debut thing yeah. in
2: 82 I'm making his debut like they yeah. make, they do that here too though right yeah and but, then
1: <laughs> they just act like even the announcers are like Eddie Carson he's new or something like yeah but he's Vince
2: yeah. <laughs> you know whatever Patterson says. So his opponent is Jimmy Schnooker who slowly walks out in his black jacket and leopard print dress, I guess. Uh, yeah. Vince is on commentary,
1: hopefully here with anyone but Mean Gene. <laughs> yeah, so right off the bat here, this feels so much better than The Chase. It's 82 with slightly better production, but doesn't take away from the comfortable old shoe feel we're used to with, oh, like, yeah. like, all these shows. It feels like an upgraded 82. It actually That's was awesome. a nice little preview of what we'll start to yeah. get to see, and I was
2: very I was very happy to see Allentown look slightly upgraded from what we're used to. Yeah, no, I know. Looked good. Referee is Gilberto Roman. <laughs> Ugh,
1: boy, uh, boy I
2: will, this feels right at home Yeah. Me, I know. This whole thing. It's like Gilberto's here and <laughs> yep. Jim Barbecue, Vince and Pat. Yeah, Patterson finally chimes in, by yeah. the way, to mention Bob Slaughter and Ivan Koloff or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Uh, circle to start lockups. I have look by Schnuka. Carson with a wrist lock, takedown to escape. Vince alludes to Buddy Rogers still managing Schnuka, but he's not here, so I didn't know that. How
1: long did this Rogers shit last? I don't know. It's like forever. I had no idea. Is that he, he like he... his Arnie
2: Skolin where he manages him only when he feels like Sean? chair yeah like. <laughs> maybe right <laughs> headbutt by snooker as this crowd is very quiet by the way side backbreaker and now we get a little bit of a buzz from the fans as snooker heads up and he lands a flying headbutt for the win <laughs> and somehow he cut his head doing the headbutt i don't know and vince is like he cut himself he, he cut, cut himself he's like very excited about it <laughs> everyone here quinn though unfortunately from the wrestlers the announcers the crowd everyone was kind of bored maybe it was the the tail end yep. of the taping yeah. very quiet it's energy. Very,
1: this is just overall very weird um clip only because like all these weird little nuances like the Carson being yeah, new and he's not new. Like, what? And like Jimmy Snuckle also I don't know like acting like a fancy boy like now that he's like <laughs> now that he's like a big star. It's like kind of annoying. Because we're, we saw him from, like, the beginning. And even in this, like, new, we're in the face turn now, but it's yeah. only the first couple of days, and he still seems like he's, like, building up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But here he's just like, I don't want to fuck him. I'm a big star. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, that's what he comes off as. Uh, that's past. what this match seemed like. Yeah. It was
2: very boring. Bunch of kids hold up, hold up some signs, drawing Crayola marker on white paper. As we go to break and come back with Mean Gene in front of the ring to hype up the big Keel Auditorium show, we're gonna have Andre the Giant versus David Schultz. Well, we're gonna have- I, we know who's gonna win that. <laughs> we're gonna have Snooka versus Fuji. Uh, we know who's gonna win that. Yes, we do. Uh, Fuji comes in now with Gene, and he's very happy because he's going to win for the Emperor of Japan, you oh, know. Oh, thanks. That's very nice of him. <laughs> and as I feel like he's been for, like, five years, Quinn, he's on the brink of retirement and managing. <laughs> he like, really should be managing. <laughs> perpetually. Yeah. <gasps> Gene asks how much uh, 30,000 yen, $30,000 is in and yen. This, yeah. Okay, so this
1: part right here, Joe, yeah. this is when you realize, oh, shit, Gene, is just, yeah, like, he's such a good interviewer. Yeah, Like if you Like, if you've probably never seen him before, too, if you're, like, a new viewer. Yeah, right. Even any kind of WF viewer, because he was, like, Brand new, here. yeah. So if you're seeing this, you're like, "Oh, this Gene guy's pretty good." Great then, on the backstage,
2: know? yeah. Nobody like him. Yeah, he's the I best. I love the little banter, like, "Yeah, it's like, how much yen is that, Mister Fuji?" "Aha, it's nothing." You know, <laughs> "I thought I'd like, get a go Yeah, I thought I'd That go. was really funny. You summed up the whole promo nicely, yeah. though, Quinn. Yeah, he essentially he
1: cackles, wears a headband, <laughs> and makes fun of thirty thousand dollars and leaves. That's, That's like the whole thing. <laughs> That's
2: what it is. It's classic, like Fuji just laughing his way through a and promo. Actually, you know, of
1: the of the promos, all you're about to hear. I I think this is the best
2: one. Fuji's? Yeah, it's really good. It actually is. Uh, Now Gene says sayonara to Fuji. Literally, I'm not being funny. And uh, brings in the incredible Hulk Hogan. With literally zero fanfare, which is so funny. So
1: this is a week before he wins the title. And also it's St. Louis, it's not a Minnesota or anything. So they've right. they've probably never heard of Hogan either.
2: No, I mean um, unless they were fans from WF Rocky, and or yeah, Rocky, Rocky, right? Three, but like right. even then he's called Hulk Hogan, He's not called
1: Thunder. Yeah. So they're like, what? So basically he comes out calmly and he he, he calmly comes out and people are just like, yeah. Yeah, like, they're like they're, mm. Yeah, it's just like they don't know who the fuck he is. This is going to be your champion in a week.
2: And MSG knew who he was, though, at least, right? right? I mean, they, they had did, They did, but, like,
1: I wonder around the country when he first entered, those first three or four uh, weeks no when he came he was, in, green. like, they were just like... like and that? this is what I always wondered about Hogan when I was a kid. right? I always wondered, like, how did he become a big deal? I don't understand. Like, this guy just stormed in and just... Because the way they would show it on their clips was always like he just immediately won the title. So I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, like, why right, right. would
2: anyone care? Well, I guess because uh he beat the dreaded iron Sheik, right it's the only reason they mentioned not even mention the iron Sheik on this episode dude, not right? one bit no yeah. but he's very recently returned like we said and he hypes up his big match with the NAS superstar he's very calm by the way as gene makes reference to hulkamania because that was an awa thing so gene right. knew about right gene's known hogan for years now you know mm-hmm. interviewed him for years exactly hogan gets all mad about not iron Sheik, but john stud saying that nobody can slam him you know
1: and again yeah no mention of Sheik, no yeah. mention of you know just not even wanting the belt yeah it's just it's just like oh i'm just gonna beat people
2: (laughs) it's uh, really calm not not iron cheek it's like what i'll tell you something daddy you know like that style of hogan the calm 84 version
0: now we know it's one-on-one with the hulkster and the mass superstar i'm gonna take him on face to face and with everybody behind me and hulkamania running wild there will be no way in the world the hulkster's going down me and gene
1: this is one of the oddest Hogan in WF appearances I've ever seen in my life. Actually,
2: it's really weird. This must be his first taping. Correct yeah. us if we're wrong, folks, but because I, I didn't look it up, I know I could have. I just forgot to. I thought but his I'm, first taping technically was that championship where he saved Backlund. I don't know when that was, though. Was that from? It was in '83. Yeah, but was
1: that from here? Well, who knows this? You're saying this was from December of '83. Yeah, the championship taping was notably like either right
2: before Christmas or right after. It was. It was after. He didn't come back until after.
1: Yeah, but like, there's it, only five days between Christmas. It might have been taped the, year, so. the
2: day before this. Yeah, it literally might have been taped this, the day before this. To me, is
1: one of the most interesting periods of time for them actually because yeah. of this weird like they bring Hogan in at a time when it's kind of the end of the year and everything's winding down, so it's like this weird, he comes in in like an off period. Very off, yeah. Yeah, like, and it's just strange. Yeah, it worked out, though, I think, okay. I think they yeah. did all right with I mean, him, right? Yeah. Did okay. <laughs> I and mean, they only uh, sold out the Silver
2: Dome. Yeah, and, you, know, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So Hogan calmly leaves, and Gene brings in Big John Studd, who was managed by... uh I don't know why. Dr. Jerry Graham Jr., who you might remember from George Cannon Superstars. He's like the cheaper knockoff of Johnny V. Yep, pretty much. I
1: I can't even believe there exists a cheaper knockoff of Johnny V. (laughs) Because Johnny V is like literally the shittiest
2: manager, but here we are. For whatever reason, I had to look this up. I did not know this. He went by the name of Mad Dog Managoff here. What? <laughs> and like, d- like a like manager-off? Manig- manage off, yeah. yeah. Let us know if you have any more info, folks. A bathrobe stud here does his usual prom about how he can't be slammed, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know. Whatever you say, Big Stern. That's <laughs> what I, get, like, seriously, like, he's so stern. And, of course, Jerry Graham Jr. looks like Bruce Hart with these sunglasses, but not in a good way. Yeah. Now Gene brings in <sighs> Mil Mascarez. Oh, what the hell? He's like- Gene's height, by the way. <laughs> This guy stinks. He's terrible. He's awful. care. Why is bad. did everyone I don't always like hire I don't him know. for reasons? He sucks. Listen,
1: I understand that he's like the pillar of one of the pillars of Mexican wrestling or something.
2: But come on, he is. But it doesn't make him good. Yeah, like Big Daddy's the pillar of fucking British wrestling. Yeah. He sucks. It's true. You could be bad too and still be liked. Yeah. I mean, look at all the bad music. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, he says he gives the fans the best action and he win the Battle Royal. Yeah, he also says the Battle Royal is for 20000 which... <laughs> literally every single person has been just talking about it, it being 30000 and Gene has to correct yeah, it. exactly. And then he cuts a long-ass promo in Spanish, you know, for the St. Louis crowd. Uh, then he leaves, and Dave Schultz wanders in to cut an actually pretty good promo about how Andre sucked. He's like, how long have you known me, Gene Ogreland? <laughs> yeah, at least he talks better than he wrestles. I know. God, he's terrible. And he, he calls out Andre, though, saying that he never loses, and he calls Andre a big goof. Okay, he's not going to beat Andre. Just stop. Like, come on. I'm going to beat because i never lose either andre just get out of here
1: nobody believes that in any territory <laughs> <That's> it's like- <laughs> andre the giant he never loses every
2: andre feud is i'm gonna beat you even though no one ever has and i'm just like no you're not and then that's why it. don't <laughs> they say stuff different like i'm gonna hurt you right i'm gonna like, cut your i'm gonna break your leg like <laughs> yeah you that's, let's go mean? with that yes Le- It's gonna say something else <sighs> Stop. i'm gonna cut off the eiffel tower we fade away as dr d is still rambling and then we come back to some dork named Ken Jugin getting introduced. Oh! <laughs> Ken Jugin. It sounds like Ken Dugan. Hacksaw yeah. Ken Jugin. Yeah. His opponent, Quinn. Yay, it's Mil Mascarez to it's literally zero reaction and a couple of people booing. He's so annoying. <laughs> what?
1: This had to be for like four seconds.
2: Like, I don't this know. Might, yeah. This might
1: even be the only match. I think
2: he Maybe wrestled. Maybe something in MSG for like one month. I think like he did one the Garden one or t- yeah. once or twice, yeah. Lock up a uh, hammerlock by Mill as Jugan makes the ropes. Jugan. Jugan. <laughs> Every time you say Jugan, I almost want to laugh. <laughs> Wrist locked out, but Masquerades with a drop to at the counter and a laying surfboard by Mill. This is just awful. Both men are up Jugan with a side headlock and a shoulder block. Mill with a hideous monkey flip. Mascaraz is moving in like three-quarter speed, which is pretty normal for him. Gut Wrench play by... even in one X speed, please? <laughs> Gut Wrench play by Mill gets a one count.
1: Finish this shit, like come on. <laughs> Why are oh. all These matches, Joe,
2: they're all too long. Armbar by Masquer is full Nelson, but jugan makes the ropes oh. Jugan with the knees and stomps in the corner, whip is reverse, and Mill lightly jogs to the ropes and uh. does a horrible springboard something for a two count. jugan misses a blind crossbody and Mill lands a pair of very crummy drop kicks before. Applying some like assholic headlock pin it's for free like or yeah. something. <laughs> they were in the ropes too, and like
1: nobody cares. They like show the replay. No one mentions the ropes, not even Vince or Gene. Literally no one cares. Like, i first of all, if I saw that, I wouldn't mention the ropes either. Yeah, either. Because I just want this to be. Yeah, right, over. right. Like, I, just I just want to, over like, with. please, like, I don't care. The ref does not need to restart it. Just next. <laughs> Move on to the next thing,
2: please. Yeah, this was unmistakably horrendous. Even the on screen. Graphic says Mills, Mascara, you know Which why? I typed Mills <laughs> yeah. for, like, the rest of the show. You know why? Because no one cares what his name is. <laughs> yeah. uh, Vince invites us to write to Wrestling, P.O. Box, 1538, Greenwich, Connecticut, 06836. What are we supposed to say? Hi, I want the catalog. <laughs> right, Hi, exactly. Wrestling. This is literally just so they can get your address. <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> this is
1: the, this is exactly what that is. Make sure you write
2: to Wrestling. Like, they, to to they, say what?
1: I don't know if they said it, but I, they better have. They should have said, make sure you put the return address <laughs> Yeah, on really. That, or, like, it might get lost. Even though that's just a lie, so they can get your address. Yeah, of course
2: they just want you. <laughs> Imagine
1: if just everyone, out of rebellion, just sent like no return address and just just to this nothing, <laughs> just a blank piece of fucking paper, Same just heights. to like screw them over.
2: <laughs> uh, we go to break. We come back to Big John Stud in the ring to face two jobbers, Jay Burke and Rob Cheney. We're still doing these handicap matches yes. like we were
1: doing this in '82 in like December.
2: Yes. <laughs> come <laughs> we on, still were. like this shit's tired. Right, at it this is. Point. It is. Quinn uh, Cheney starts first, tries to slam Stud, but he can't. Burke tries as well to sluds to slam stud he can't do it either so they both try together and they still can't slam him okay okay we get it he's big whatever (laughs) enough next stud now invites them to try to double wrist lock him down but they can't do it so he shoves him off i just literally want this to end this whole show (laughs) like every
1: single thing is boring
2: yes now wouldn't it make sense though let's talk strategy here for these two guys for one to attack the legs and the other to like hit a crossbody, And why are they both in the ring at the same time? Well, you no, know, they, cause Stud lets them. Oh, he lets them. Yeah.
1: At the very beginning, they, they, even Gene and Vince, know I like, think, oh, that. it looks like Stud is allowing for
2: the non-tag rules to happen or something. Another question, Quinn, why did the WF even do this show? I, does anyone this know show <laughs> is questionable I will say that I know so after hours here of non-action Stud lands a shoulder block on each guy tosses Burke outside and beats up Chaney for a while this stinks Stud wins with a, <laughs> a <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is pretty funny though. Uh, it's a standard
1: elbow drop you know well not exactly yeah. so basically it's supposed to be like a running elbow <laughs> yeah and Stud f- Fucking falls over and literally the fans start laughing yep. and booing him. Yep. He basically this whole illusion of him being a tough guy is broken like instantaneously. <laughs> and like as like he's celebrating, even the crowd is just like making fun of him as he like he very quickly like gets the fuck yeah. out of there. Like he
2: fucked up. To the wall. Whip. Elbow and down goes. The big man in
0: touch. Falls down across the ankle of James Perk.
2: We go to break. We come back with Kevin Collins in the ring as a black geed Mr. Fuji wanders out. Looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I know. The crowd starts a mild USA chant for a second before falling asleep again as some guy in the crowd yells, Hiroshima! What a witty guy, you know? No. What a good reference. Uh, Fuji throws his ceremonial salt, does calisthenics in the corner, and then makes like a sock puppet motion to the crowd. At least Fuji is smart at his yes, job. He is. He's literally
1: the best heel on the show. Like he is! It's very sad that they cannot even match.
2: Him. Like 55-year-old Fuji or whatever He's he is. Getting He's getting more that old, fucking but. heat than <laughs> <Yeah>. anybody. <laughs> I know. He's in the
1: main event. <laughs> Seriously, it's great.
2: yep. Kevin Collins, by the way, has the build of like Gumby. I don't know. I don't know. How yeah, it else looks to like total ass, terrible. Arm by Fuji into a takedown. Some medium karate, not high, medium karate by Fuji mm-hmm. and a wussy kick to the brace uh, short ribs there. <laughs> Body slam by Fuji, falling headbutt to the dick. Some more low, maybe medium karate by Fuji as Gene calls it kung fu. Not- <laughs> it's fucking horrible. No, it's not that. It's not. It's karate. This is horrible. Gwen. Yeah, I'm counting down the seconds left in the show. Good lord. I know Fuji with a nerve hole for like literally minutes, like literally like four minutes. This lasts
1: the whole (laughs) match. Like, like <laughs> he sits in this, and then they proceed to just talk about anything else. That's like, amazingly just like, bad, right? Like, and, uh, giants, they're big. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, seriously, that's. Oh, <laughs> you the French giant, yeah. Vince, you know? <laughs> and they, like, they're talking, they're bantering about it, too. They're, like, talking back and forth. Yeah. They're not even paying attention. Just Fuji's just sitting in this thing. <laughs> for, like, four fucking minutes. It's he, unbelievable. It's
2: literally four minutes. Body slammed by Fuji, and the spinning reverse splash gets the win. We see the replay to waste time again. As Gene yeah. says, uh, once again, the superstars of wrestling here. <laughs> I, th- I swear he was revealing no! it sh- to spotlight show. But... He's just saying whatever he wants, Quinn. Okay. Andre the it's French giant, Who cares? worldwide wrestling federation. You know federation. What I like to believe? That what? this was
1: literally just for practice. Since it's like <laughs> yeah, one of maybe. Gene's for like Basically, Vince is like, Gene, just like... Be yourself. I know you don't know all our like branding yeah. yet. Just like I'll just critique go, you later. I'll, I'll let you know like yeah. which things you said. Bro. Like this feels like what this it is. It does. Like, you're it's right. like Vince just said. Like fuck it. Like no, we don't care. Just go cold. And go see cold. How you do. And then I'll, afterwards, I'll tell you the things that we're not calling it that. <laughs> and then like because he was like literally fine within like two weeks of this. He yeah, like, was like
2: regular Gene. Yep. So we go to a shot of Gene and Vince at the table to hype up again how good Andre the French Giant is. Can we leave now? Uh, maybe. I'm pretty sure this is right around when Andre Quinn also became full-time with WF. No more Japan or anything? Yeah, I think Vince let him do Japan occasionally, but well, nothing else, I'm remember saying. A giant Machine? He was Japan. Or <laughs> whatever. That's not him. It's, it's not not Andre. him, but it's his... It's Japanese uh, Andre it's his the brother giant. from Japan. Yeah, right. Andre whatever. the Japanese Giant. Yeah. <laughs> we unnecessarily now get a shot of Fuji pinning someone else oh, from that a was different diff- that match. that looks the same to me. Yes, and then <laughs> we see Mil Masker as pinning someone else from a different oh, match. I
1: swore all these were the same It's thing. not. It's wow. not, I promise. It,
2: that's more of an insult to the jobbers all looking <laughs> <Yeah>. same-ish, actually. <laughs> and then they just say so long and we get out of here. This was very, very junky. Yep, it was so boring. really like, was. It was so boring,
1: folks. Again, not like the worst thing, just like there's right. nothing to write home about other than like, I
2: want to sleep. Yeah, like, uh, like, seriously. Dear mother, dear father, I'm tired after yeah. watching Wrestling at the Chase because yeah. normally I like 84 WF. Yeah, This is early 84, technically 83 if you really think about right. it. But normally I like this time period because you have guys coming in, like Piper's coming in around here mm-hmm. and Paul Orndorff and a lot of stuff's going on. But they, like you said at the top, Quinn, they just shoved out their worst shit for the show. <laughs> They're like, all the other people are doing important
1: Yeah, things. right? Hogan's not the champion nope. yet, so we'll have Iron Sheik wrestle at some other A show. Right.
2: We got fucking stud doing handicap matches. This is
1: like, also, it was weird because it was like the roster of like six months from this kind of like
2: practicing. Yeah, that's a good point. Other than Mil Mascarism. We... <laughs> Mill Masker is. What yeah. the fuck with him? He sucks, man. Yes. But we hope we didn't chase you out of here, haha, as we've uh, brought you another week in the world of retro wrestling. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 139. Next week, Quinn, I don't know if you know this, is our season finale. You know what oh, it? it is? That's yes. it? No more show? Well, no, just no no more season. The oh, show's coming back. Oh, we're we're okay. not out of work or anything. Uh, so we'll be finishing up the Royal Flush next week. We're going to be reviewing something really interesting and more of your questions. Until that time, be sure, if you want to participate in next season's Royal Rankings and Royal Flush, do that on Facebook. You can also get in your suggestions for the question wheel for next season. You can email us at ovppodcasts at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Leave us a review. And check out patreon.com/slash OVP podcast. But uh, until next time, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm Joe Morata, that's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya!
0: And a super fly, Jimmy going to be my guest at this time from Osaka, Japan, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> Let me tell you, American, big battle Roy, lots of money. They win for Emperor of Japan. Everybody in Japan be happy. Then you, Superfly Snooker, I take care of you. I make you suffer. I make you cripple. I make you beg for mercy. But Mr. Fuji, no care how much you suffer, before I beat you from fly. Excuse oh, me. Sorry, you. Excuse me, Mr. Fuji. $30,000 American money. How much uh, yen? Japanese yen. Don't no mean nothing, 30000 30000 I threw away with geisha girl. <laughs> All
2: right, I thank you very much. Uh, Sayonara, indeed.